Hello and welcome to the Nash Tackle Off The Hook podcast. Just to make you aware, this podcast may contain some explicit slash offensive language. And if that's not your thing, you don't have to listen. But I have given you a warning. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. You don't know the half of it, but yeah, um, I'm anyway. Yeah, I'm, on, I'm skating on the thinnest ice known to man. Like. He said, and um, they put a poison in the tank that just instantly kills them. He went, and we've run out of it, so we cut their heads off with shovels. Suddenly, bang! The whole boat exploded. Take your sort of eight-inch long piranha and imagine that at four, five, maybe six feet. I said, I've revived your dead fish. <laughs> F off, he said. You haven't. That was just humongous. It was... I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I'm just battling this fish out and I'm, I know it's a black moon. I'm, yeah. I'm saying I'll never be a naughty boy again. If you catch fish and you return them to the water, then you are my brother. Dean Fletcher, welcome to the Nash Podcast, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thank you for letting me into your beautiful house, mate. You've done the decor, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all my work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such a feminine touch, mate. Um, no, but genuinely, thank you, mate. It's brilliant to catch up with you. Um, I pretty much punished you, I think, on social media to get you on about various things, and it's come together very quickly, mate, so I massively appreciate it. The weather's beautiful outside, and that's another reason I feel slightly guilty keeping you in here, but what have you been up to recently? You been doing a bit of fishing? Yeah, I've been down welly, doing a bit, and uh, I've been doing a bit of welly, and um, yeah, I had a nice £39 the other night. Cool. Done on a single night and that usual one night, but uh, yeah, it's all going well at the moment. Just starting to wake up, ain't they, mate? Well, I'll, I'll take that a thirty-nine pounder on one night on Welly, mate. We're going to talk about various different sort of places that are synonymous with you. Obviously, we're going to talk about, and I am in the presence of actual carp and royalty, mate. Your current British record holder, <laughs> isn't you, mate? Yeah, still the record, seven years, I think now. You got it above the front door when I walked in, haven't you? Big no, that's a, that's a different. F- oh yeah, the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not stuff. But there's loads and loads to talk about. But you said there one night a week. Now, for those people that might not know this, you, mate, in terms of work, life, and carp fishing, that whole balance, you've got a missus, you've got a frantically busy job that takes up a lot of your time, and generally, you've got one night a week, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I am trying to take it easier as I'm getting older, I'm trying to get two nights every couple of weeks now. So, but so you know, now I'm 60 now. <laughs> I am trying to take it a bit easier, but it's uh, running your own business is not easy. It's You're flat out. I'm lucky enough, my bro- brother's my partner, and he used to do match fishing, so he understands the fishing bug. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, it's but once you've got that carp fever, no matter how much work you've got to do, you still think about it every second of the day. You can't wait get down the lake and it's all planning for the next trip. Yeah. You, you know, you're, and your work is great. You're a grocer, isn't you? A yeah. Grocer. Yeah. I'm green grocer. I go up to London, do the buying. I've got a shop and I've got a wholesale round. We serve schools and colleges and things like that in the local area. And, uh, I found this fast when you rang, when I rang you and was like, yeah, let's, let's do the podcast. You were like, I've got to go to bed for about 3 PM. And I was <laughs> like, why? And you, you were like, I've got to go and get vegetables from London. I thought you were a bank robber. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just sneak away in the yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Now I started work at 11 o'clock last night and then I go to London, do all the buying, come back, get back, load the vans up, get the shop all sorted. And, uh, 
Shot back today to get back in time for you. <laughs> Bless you, mate. You must be flagging here with me pushing <laughs> your little goals. Um, yeah, that's that's that is a full on job, mate. In terms of your fishing and and what you do with that one night, has it always been literally just turning up on the one night, or have you managed to fish places where you can introduce bait and sort of keep places prime? Um, when I was fishing Dinton, there was like a gang of three of us. Only, only fished me one night, but we'd bait up in the week. I've always fished fairly local because mm. it's one night a week and um, so I've been able to do a bit of baiting up and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's what it is. It's sort of, it's, that's all you've got. You sort of put everything into that one night, don't you? Yeah, man. And it's the results you've had, the fish you've caught, the places you've fished, to have that sort of end product on one night a week, yeah, mate, it's seriously impressive. And, and in terms of your angling, and I know this from speaking to various people that we've got in common that we know, Roy <laughs> yeah. the boy being one. Yeah, Roy the boy, Mr. yeah. Allen. You're, you're pretty much quite bait-orientated, aren't you, mate? Yeah, definitely boilies for me. Um, and as as we as I said to you earlier, I bumped into Pete Regan 20-odd years ago now. I mean, I've been carp fishing for 45 years. Yeah, and I bet bumped into Pete about 20 years ago, and um, I've been using his bait ever since. And it's just good bait catches you. Big fish, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it definitely makes a difference. You don't, you, and also you don't seem to mess about with regards to bait in terms of like you haven't done a lot of like bit fishing, have you? It's just no, big no, boilies, no. big boilies, spread out twenty fours or twenty twos. Yeah, you know, and uh, spread as well. You don't like tight spots. No, do you? no, I like spreading the bait. Always have done. Always have done. Yeah. Why do you think? You know, just because they're moving more? It makes them move more. It makes you, you know, makes them more hookable, I think, you know, because they're going from spot to spot. If they're sitting in one area just hooving particles and you've got a little bit of sweet corn there or whatever, you know, I like them going from two foot to the next boilie. So they've got to move for each bait. And then uh, just the way I fish, you know, everyone's different, aren't they? But it's, it's nice, easy as well, you know? Yeah. It's like last week when I was out. I wasn't fishing that far out, just got the catapult out, wallop, wallop, wallop. How it all goes. <laughs> wallop, wallop, wallop. And that and nowadays with obviously bird life, all I'm thinking of is I remember harking back to when I fish spreads of boiling, like you're saying, hinges over the top or something. Mm, mm. Simple way of fishing, lovely way of fishing. Mm. Practically on a lot of venues now, probably couldn't fish that way because of the seagulls or because of whatever. How have you combated well, that sort of stuff when you normally because I go straight from work to the lake, um normally my bait's still frozen. Right, they're twenty twos or twenty fours. The seagulls do struggle with them. They still, you still get a bit of problem with them, but you know they do give up after a while. Mm. And you know, and I know I have. If I really have to, then I will spawn some boilies out there, you know, and spread it around. You know, I'm not that accurate anyway. So. <laughs> Just close my eyes. And the shut. old free fishing in a dinner plate is not me. <laughs> is that not you? No, no, never, never. Always never. like three different areas. Three different areas. I'm going to gigantic in May. And that's all that sort of fishing in it. So it's not being yeah. me. So we're going to, me and Peter go and we're going with Damien and a few others. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to see how they like to spread a boilies. <laughs> spread them out, boy. Why, why is that? Just because you've always fished that way or because? I've always fished that way and I found it effective, you know. I don't fish lakes with hundreds and hundreds of fishing anyway. Yeah. You know, they're always quite low, you know, stocked, bigger fish. So it works. Yeah, fair deal. Looks everywhere, really. So you know, and also like less people doing it now. I mean, most people are fishing bits mm. and pieces and particles and 
Munger or all that. Munger. <laughs> You'll be on the Munger scene enough, mate, after that Gigantica trip. Um, Pete Regan, we referenced him there, mate, and we referenced Roy, a couple of characters that are pretty significant with regards to you mm. and your angling. Yeah. Pete Regan, he's wild, isn't he, mate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's um, he's lethal. If, uh, if there's anything wrong with you <laughs> and you wander into the swim, then you're going to get it. And he's got no filter. He's straight yeah. at it. You know, you were telling me about the milk before in a tea, mate. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the one. He doesn't like to get out the bivy in the winter for uh, to have a piss. <laughs> so uh, he has a one of the two liter milk bottles. He just goes in that and then puts it down the side. As I said, one morning he said to me, "Fucking tea tastes funny," <laughs> and he went, "Oh no, I'm pissing it, oh, mate." <laughs> brutal mate that is but yeah yeah no he's uh, I think he's insulted everybody on the on the Wellington Country Park Syndicate catches him though doesn't he he's caught every single fish in the lake few times over he went straight on there and you know what I mean he's 72 now I think he drives three and a half hours from Lowestoft does his two nights sometimes does three and then he's back up again rolling bait you know, his favourite hobby, rolling bait and taking money off people. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, imagine. But, um, yeah, he's caught them all. And he catches them everywhere. He's, every lake he's been to, he's done really well. You know, Fair play. And that bait, you put a lot of trust in that bait, didn't yeah, you? You yeah. said it's that. proper old school bait. Yeah. yeah. Same bait for 20-odd years. He hasn't changed it. And you won't change, no. I won't change. I mean, Pete told me when he was testing baits, he tr- he tested all the different flavours and um, the only way he'd tested them was uh, at Waveney Valley Lakes, cast two rods out. How many runs you've got on each rod? Swap them over if it's a different area. And the one that produced more fish, that's better flavour than the other one. And that's how he tested them. Proper old school. The only way to do it, really, isn't it? You know, a lot of people are armchair experts. and uh, Yeah. You know. Yeah, I suppose you've got tangible sort of, yeah, as you say, feedback in terms of what's what. Yeah, working. if you're getting the runs, then, you know. It's working. Fish-wise for you and, and carp angling-wise, would you say you are your sort of atypical big carp hunter, as in you, you hone in on a venue and one fish? Or are you, I don't know, let's say a bit more, it's about the place and the numbers of fish that are there that are big? Because there is definitely a big carp element with a lot of your fishing, isn't there? Yeah, um, I do like to have a target in the lake, you know what I mean? Have a, a big fish. I like fish waters release a few 40-pounders in them. Mm. Um I have targeted fish in the past. When we was on Denton Pastures, I really wanted to catch Bruno. Um, Welland Country Park, it was um, a turtle. Um, Farries, it was one of the 40-pound commons in there. The, when I fished Farries, there's only two 40s in there at the time. And I caught them both spawned out in the end. Um, but it's it's all, um, you know, as long as you've got a, a big target fish to go for, then, uh, yeah. What about the whole... Um yeah, import wrong and hold the bait. Would you would you classify somewhere like a home fen, like that type of water, as somewhere you'd go to if it was local and nearby? No. No. No, it's not no. my cup of tea. I mean, I don't knock people who are like going to those places because everyone's just fishing at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's not my cup of tea. So you no. like that heritage history? I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go to the stage of sending people death threats and stuff because they caught a fish bigger than my one. You know, things like that. It was horrific, that was. Send them a mouldy carrot in the you post. Know, <laughs> ah, Jesus, you know, it's like, but no, no, it's not 
part of me. I can't see any reason to fish for those fish, really. Fair days. You know, it's just, if you want to catch them, go to France. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. It was interesting to see where you stood on that. Obviously, being a current British record holder, and we'll talk about that whole thing and the record in due course, mate. We, we referenced Roy Allen. We got to talk about him. An absolute an absolute hilarious bloke. I worked with him at Angling Direct and had the fortune to. An incredible angler, and I've tried to get him on this podcast. Yeah, you've got to try harder, mate. You've I've tried. Harder. I've got. I'm, I've got nothing left. I've tried everything, <laughs> and he will not come on. But I will get him one day. I took. I sort of took Roy under my wing when he was um, fishing Southlake, a club water that we used to fish, and he was only about fifteen, I think, at the time. And he was called Roy the Boy because there was another member called Roy, and uh, he took it apart as a young lad. And everywhere he went after that, you know. And as you say, he's got family now. He's got four kids. That, but I mean, went to Rosebury when he's in his early twenties. Yeah, he caught Mary's mate, and he had the big the crock out of the Cotswolds alarms uh, last year or year before. Just after lockdown, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he caught that within about an hour. But no one see the homework he did there. The yeah, cut, you know all the other waters out the Cotswolds way and stuff. Yeah, but similar to you in terms of you can see how that you said you took him under your wing, but you can see there ain't a lot of nonsense in his fishing. In terms, no, of- no nonsense. No, you know he's like so he's big. Uh, Inch difference, don't he, with his... Uh... Surrendous them. <laughs> well, I'm getting him on to just ruin him about them. Funny enough, when he came and fished um, the lake at, at Nash, uh, Kevin came out and he, he saw them. And he said, what the hell are those? And they're, they're like a big... Mate, they look like swivel, some of Nan yeah. Summer's catalogue, mate. It's horrendous. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> it's something to do with marlin fishing or something like oh, that. Oh, he's basically got a job lot off eBay. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's sound. Fair play to him. And he, I can't talk to him because he catches them all, mate. Yeah, he's like on Burfield now and you wouldn't put it, you know. I mean, I think he does about 20 nights a year tops. Mm. You know, but I would not count him out of catching the common. I definitely wouldn't, mate. You know, his track record's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for you. Play to him. You said there. Obviously, he catches them all. He hit it the ground running, and, and and from that young point, do you think you as a as an angler were quite natural in terms of when you got into carp fishing, or is it something you've always had to sort of work at? Um, well, you don't like to blow your own trumpet, do you? But I've always caught them. Yeah, I've always done well on lakes, and uh, eventually catch the ones I want. I've always had to work hard for the fish, go for them all, you know, before you get the big one that you wanted. Right. Um, Weirdly, until I caught the parrot. Once I caught the parrot, I've been, a, you know, I've been on quite a few good streets of uh, good fortune, like you know, with uh, big fish. But yeah, no, I've um, I've always done all right. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> I said I'll take that bit. Yeah, I'm great. I'll take that bit out. The rest of it before I let it out. No, but does that come from anywhere? Has that come from sort of family? Has that come from from sort of I don't know the general? Some people are brought up in quite an outdoorsy environment, or they've got siblings that are quite outdoorsy. Obviously, you've got this grocery business farm. You've got all that which is very outdoorsy and akin to. Yeah, sort of I don't nature. know. I, was, I, I did a lot of sport when I was younger, and uh, I, I was um, I used to do judo for. Um, for about 20 odd years and um, used to teach it as well. I was British champion for a few years. Oh, and British champion and of judo. And I uh, fought for my country a few times up to my twenties. So I've always, you know, strived to be the best I can be. And, uh, oh, that's epic, man. I didn't well, realize. Yeah, no, I, injuries knackered me in the end. And, uh, but, uh, judo, so you're pretty handy then. What well, used to be. Well, you can be now, ain't you? <laughs> I still, I still throw Roy, um, not Roy, uh, Peter around a few times and show him a few moves. About me. Oh, you know, he asks for it sometimes. 
<laughs> damage. That's impressive. So you've always had, and there's quite a lot of sort of similarities with people I've interviewed with regards to sport, that mindset, and then going into carp fishing as well, I think. Yeah, I think you just do the best you can, you know. You try and do the best you can each time and, you know. Fair dues. Mm. We're going to start, I think, when we talk about, and we when we plan this, a place that is, well, it's a massive sort of, eureka moment with regards to carp fishing that you stumbled across but california lake talk to me about the lake the makeup of the lake exactly and the time at which you were there um on that venue because it was as i said a very very much a big yeah moment, well it, it? it's um yeah because i think fred j taylor came down and fished it i think jack hilton had fished it a couple of times dick walker had fished the one just up the road robinson oh. crew so it's another little lake that had some uh, Big carp in the sixties, but yeah, California Lake. Um, I think it's about ten or twelve acres. Um, had some leanies in it, proper old leanies. Yeah, 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 they're lovely fish. And uh, we fished it as a, as a child, and um, sort of saw the carp swimming around, and thought we'd have a go from and that, and progressed on from there. And uh, what year was? Give me the give me a sort of an, a time. Late seventies, it was. Right, wow. You know, and I uh, caught my first carp from there on floating crust, and then. Um, we, you know, we moved on with buzzers and uh, we went from spinning rods to, you know, making your own stuff and all the rest of it. And then then the carbon fibre rods came out. I remember I bought some uh, KMF1s, the, uh, yeah. the old Sportex uh, blanks and that. And had girlfriend brought me two Cardinal 55. She had a good job. Good girlfriend, <laughs> mate. You've yeah. done well there, boy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and we used to um, fish sweet corn, luncheon meat, kidney beans, all that sort of thing. And then um, Terry Dempsey, there's there's holiday chalets around the lake. Right. And Terry Dempsey's, uh, a couple of his friends were down there. They were coming down. I think one of his friend's mums um, had a holiday home there. So uh, they came down to fish it. And, of course, they were um, fishing all the top venues, like Darrant and all the rest of it. And uh, I'll never forget, because we sat down there, and we're sinking on rod tips and all the lines. And I'm looking down the bank, and this lad's got his rods up high, and the line's straight out in the lake like like he's sea fishing. And I said, look at him, him down there, you know. And every now and then one of these lines go, beep. And we're like, I'm going to go and have a chat with him. Because, I mean, at the time, I was catching five or six carp a year. You know? A year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it was wow. proper. You know, thinking back, I don't think there was as many carp in there as we thought. We all thought it was 20 pounds in there, which turned out, there wasn't. wasn't you know. What stock, what numbers-wise, what are we talking? Give me a I wouldn't estimate. have a clue. I mean, when when I sussed it and um, got on the hair rig and the peanuts, I had 25 fish in a year. Right. So I went from six or seven to 25. But, um, yeah, I, I reckon it's probably 50 tops in the late, I would imagine. Right, so, yeah, it not wasn't easy. Low. No, no, it wasn't easy. And um, But there wasn't many carp around in them days. There wasn't many lakes, you know. I know we had Yaley at the road, but I didn't know about Yaley at the time. And um, other than that, I couldn't think of any other lakes in the area that had carp. So, so you I, only, to... I only knew about five people went carp fishing. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it is early days, you know, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went over to the lads and, and, and discovered yeah, I went what the secret was. I said to them, um, I said to them, uh, you're doing really well, lads. He said, what are you on? He said, oh, we're on the rig. The rig. And I said, the rig? He said, yeah, you not heard of the rig? I said, no. And he showed me, and it was a peanut on a one-pound hair, and they'd been snipping off size um, 14 hooks and using the shank to push into the peanut and then tying the 
air right, onto yeah. the eye. And they were that far in front. They weren't even using a long air. They were using short airs, like bolt rig style. Jeez. And they showed me that. And you know, <laughs> I never forget going back to my swim, like, and I had two big kidney beans on a size four up. Side up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I thought, right. So we went. Next day, I got in my uh, Vauxhall Viva and uh, drove to the, uh, I just passed my test, actually. Yeah, drove to the uh, local health food shop. Got some peanuts, and then we went to the tackle shop and got some one pound line and some smaller rooks. And he never looked back. He went mad. This it's mad, isn't it? Because the original hair was long, yeah, yeah, it? proper yeah, long. Yeah, and yeah. they were and they were using a real short. Yeah, version, yeah. Well, they've been fishing Darren and all that. They've probably already been through that. And, yeah. and this was about seventy nine, eighty sort of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And that transformed, you said, six fisher season to 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting, the reels were spinning, you know, and runs. And they, they were clipping up as well. They're putting the um, matchsticks on the, yeah. but they were putting them by the spigot. So you have right. your bobbing down there and it'd like come out and <laughs> spin, crack into crack. the rod. And the rod buckles And the old well. reel handles spinning. Yeah, it's was, it was amazing, you know, it's great. And then you took that knowledge onto other waters and then things like the uh, Richworth boilies came out. and. Yep. Ready-made and the hair rig and it all came together, like you know. That's a mad completely change. transformed carp fishing, really. You know, from what it was. Yeah, you think where it would be <clears> about <throat> that? Well, yeah. I mean, I could remember Duncan K's slime bait, bait seventy-eight. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we made some big balls of these special paste he, he had, and he must have had a lot of gluten in it, or whatever, because I was freelining them with a size two up, pushed right into him, and I had about eight takes one day and didn't land any of them. Mm. I was just pulling them straight out of their gobs. It's a nice yeah. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it, that? I can't imagine that would be absolutely... Uh, yeah, the, the, the hairy sort of completely changed it. And it's it's weird now because like, people like Roy and that, they've never known carp fishing without the hair rig. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. It's yeah. mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. mad when you think back to all that. But also, like, I think, I don't know, I think the anglers that come from that generation, and you included... You, you are very much like there's a lot more instinct in it. There's a lot more things you had to do yourself. It ain't pre-packaged and like, oh, no, yeah, as yeah, it is yeah, now. You yeah. have to have a, I think you have to have a little bit more acumen about you because mm. it wasn't there. You had to no, make no, it I all. mean, California Lake was a, like a, a country park and the front part of the lake was all concreted with steps down the lake. People used to go swimming and stuff. So we made our own rod pods out of wood, like a big U shape and, Paint them all matte black and then carpet. Yeah, love <laughs> <laughs> it, mate. But in terms of the fish you had out of there, any any of those nice leanies? Yeah, we caught I caught loads, but the, I oh. think when when we got on the peanuts, I, the biggest fish I caught was sixteen pound, and my mate had an eighteen pounder. Um, I did go back and catch a twenty pounder out there a few years later, um, but there wasn't there wasn't any in there at the time. So it was a grand know. scheme of things. They're big fish, though. Oh yeah, yeah. In those At days, they were. Yeah, 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 yeah. And lovely old fish as well. But um, while we was fishing there, we found out about another lake down the road that you had to poach. You had to get on your hands and knees and crawl through the rhododendrons and that. And we took the peanuts there and fished it. And the first night I fished it, I had a twenty-three and a twenty-nine. <laughs> so it's like lake boy, that yeah, yeah good boy. <laughs> as it happens, the twenty-nine was the biggest fish in the lake at the time, but. In the night, you've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know at the time. We carried on fishing it for, you know, a few years after, but yeah. yeah. And when you took that subsequent hair rig to other places, especially at that time where it wasn't widespread across the mm. whole thing or mm. publicised, 
did you encounter other anglers where you were the guys that were on the other bank with the with the rods going and they were the guys struggling? Yeah. Were yeah. you reluctant to pass it on? I didn't pass not? it on to anyone. <laughs> Said that in a really nice way. <laughs> no, there's no way I was passing it on. It was, you know, you know. A proper edge. We are Billy Big Bollocks over there, weren't we, catching them all? <laughs> yeah, I won't be passing that on. But it was, it, but it was like, from what I've heard, and again, you, you can tell me more, but it was quite a time where a lot of people, it was quite secretive, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't like... I know people that used to, used to walk into the swim and talk to them. Oh, man, you're like, just completely blank you, like you weren't even there. <laughs> One bloke used to turn his back to you and look out of the lake, you'd be like, fuck you then. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with that. Yeah. <laughs> in that time, those sort of formative years for you, like the fond memories in terms of your angling development, memorable sessions, funny things that happen, what sticks out? Obviously we've talked about captures. We've talked about the hair rig. What else around that time that, that really sort of resonates with you? Well, one of the things that always amazes me is how far I used to cast out as well. You know, now what in them days, what was, a long way out is an underarm flick. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. I mean, I can remember rowing out into California, like out onto the island. And this is when I was doing the judo because I'd had a cartilage operation. And in them days, there were proper, you know, what massive race. scar. I've had three operations down my knees. Jeez. And through the years, in the 80s, there were like five-inch scars, two of them. And then I had one in the 90s, which was a two-inch scar. And then one a bit later on, which is just a little hole. They're lazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, That's so, what I've got, Keyhole. Yeah, Dropped yeah. in. <laughs> but I was on the island with my leg in plaster because, you know, mad fisherman. And um, we rode out onto this island to do the night. And I had this screaming run. Got up, put all the weight on my bad leg. Ooh. In agony, fell over backwards. And the rod was going away. In the end, it just it stopped. And, but... I'll go back down the lake now and look there. You'd, you'd do it with over a flick. You don't need to go out and sit on the island <laughs> fish under your rod tips, you know. <laughs> a massively different time. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. But you look yeah. back on it, it's got to be like fond memories. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I, I'm so pleased that I've watched carp fishing develop. And, I mean, it's so busy now. It's unbelievable. I'm just pleased I had it when I did. Yeah. Because... Oh, I didn't have it at the beginning like Pete and that when there, you know, there was no one carp fishing all the rest of it. But it was just developing, you know, the magazines and all. I just, I was completely enthralled with it all, you know. I mag all the magazines and read all the books, you know, Quests of Carp. And what was your, what were your inspirations at that time? Quests of Carp, I used to read Inside yeah. Out. When I was at school, I used to read that and just be, you know, Red Mead was our mecca, you know what I mean? It's just like. You ever go? Yeah, I did. I went when, um. Richworth took it over for a little short while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went, there's, there's four of us went, and uh, it froze over the last day. <laughs> it's freezing. Was it cool just to go around like Yeah, I fished a willow was, pitch. Yeah. I fished a willow pitch with four rods, you know. It's tiny, isn't it? You get there and you think. I've never been, I don't know. Oh, it's tiny. You like get there and you think, is this it? You know, really? But it was just lovely to stand on the damn wall and all that. Yeah, it is, <clears throat> it is hallowed turf, isn't it? Yeah, but we went, we went in November. Oh, that was right. <clears throat> that was right. We we went, the carp started taking it over from Richworth. We booked it with Richworth. Then, then they, they went skin. It. Yeah, okay. And which was good of the carp side. They honoured everyone's booking. Who's yeah. booking, so we went. Catch anything? No, we went in November. It was freezing. It froze, yeah. yeah. It froze the last day. And, Would you uh, go back? 
I'd love to go back. Yeah, yeah, I Let's would do. Get you up, mate. Get on there, boy. Yeah, I'd like to go back because they've sorted it all out again now, haven't they? They've taken all the ghosties out. And <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, Ollie and Al went up um, with the Sip lads not too long ago. That's the last time I know of anybody who's been on there. But yeah, I think so. I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's Bucker. Well, it's always Bucker. There's a history there, isn't there? Regardless, yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean of what's yeah. swimming about? It's just a lovely place to be as well. Yeah, know, amazing. Um, we're going to talk about something pretty epic. We talked a little bit about red mar and carp fishing history there, mate. Mm. You are still integrally well. You're always sewn in carp fishing history for your British. Record, yeah, it's mate, weird, isn't it? You know, more. it's uh, it's all uh, it's luck, really. It is luck that I caught it that time at the right way. All the styles aligned and all the rest of it you know my friends caught it before i did roy called it before i did was it 60 pound when roy had it yeah yeah it yeah i was fishing yeah. with him he phoned me up and i was like he phoned me up, sorry mate i got it <laughs> Jeez. talk me through from the start so wasting obviously the ticket it's in cranwells but do you have to you have to fish another part of the lake no or, not or not not, not in those days you we go straight on it was down to roy actually because um a friend of mine um, in Market, old Babble, old Neil Brooks, he he, um, he said to me, he said, oh, I'm fishing a lake out your way. I said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, um, on the Waysen Estate. And I'd heard about it, but I knew I was on Dinton at the time, on White Swan. And I was, you know, I think at the time Dinton had two fifty pounders in it and 1640s at the right time. So it was probably one of the best waters in the country at the time. Yeah. And uh, I was focused on catching that Bruno out of there. That's what I wanted. And uh, so we didn't take a lot of notice, but Roy was on dinner with me and, and this bloke had told me about it. And he said, uh, I had a 37 pounder out there and he showed me the picture and it was a parrot. And uh, he said, you can drive all the way around it and park in a swim. Well, Dinham was a bloody hike in them days because before the paras and that, we used to make our own paras. We used to nick bits out of sailing clubs, make our own, get the wheels and that out there and, and off the trailers. <laughs> Mate, we had these massive great paras that used to balance out and then, Push up to, up to the far because it's quite a walk to dinner. At the the sailing club not twig. There's some wheels missing. Oh yeah, we used to in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So anyway, I said to Roy, I said this this sounds interesting. This lake is up and coming, and Roy said, "Oh, I'll put your name down." And um, Bernie Loftus was fishing with us at the time on dinner, and so was Terry, and and uh, Roy put our names down on the waiting list, and about I think it was chatting to Terry about down Dinton when he's fishing with us and Bernie. And Bernie put his name down not long after us. And I think Terry put his name down about two months after we did. And it took us seven years to get in. Seven years? Yeah, just sitting on the waiting list. And seven years to get in. And then, um, yeah, and when I, and we, of course, this parrot was getting bigger and bigger and bigger because freaking nature in it. And uh, when we joined, it was 55 pounds. So it's not like you join that well because of the time no, you couldn't yeah, join no. that for a British record no 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 not at all no it's just somewhere else to go fishing and I, I had no idea what was in there and I and because this fish had got a 55 pounds we you thought well I thought it was um going to be low stocked I didn't think there'd be that many fish in there you know but it was you know it's a gorgeous lake and I never even walked around it because it was all locked up and that yeah we've just been on the waiting list and uh, just waited our time and then uh. the lake itself mate for those people who haven't seen it or clapped eyes on it cranwell's on the ways in complex talk to me about exactly the makeup of the lake the sort of average depths the size of it and, and the stock at the time you got on well 
it's a funny old lake because it's got um, large areas of shallow water, but in the edge, all around the edge of the lake, is a five-foot gully. And apparently they did that to stop the um, foxes and stuff getting out to the birds on the islands. Okay. Because the islands have got a 10-foot gully all the way around them. Well, so it's purposely dug, these Yeah, gullies. yeah, yeah, yeah. How and many islands have you got? Two. Okay. Two. One... One's they're called the Cock and Balls Island because it looks like a cock and balls. Good name. <laughs> I don't think the other one's got an island a name, but um, yeah, you've got um shallow areas like two, three foot deep, which they loved, and there's a lot of out of bounds as well. There's there's two swims called M Beats and the Woods, and they cover a lot of the out of bounds shallow areas. and caught a lot of fish from there. Isn't there a link through to another lake or something? Yeah, the link through is through to Oxley's Lake, which is next door. Is that the one with the Oxley's Common, the big common? The, the common, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And that, um, but the, but every but there's two little. Um, I always said to Mike, um, Mike, Mark, when he run it, you could just cut those channels out, mate, and have it as one big lake because Oxley's is thirty foot deep in places. They're like chalk and cheese, and they're right next door to each that's other. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's got some lovely fish in it. I did eventually catch the common. And um, and it, and that surprised me because it was it been caught the day before, well, day before, a couple of months before in Cranwells because they they go from lake to lake. Yeah, and apparently last year because of the drought, a few of them went into Cranwells couldn't get back. It's weird, isn't it? And they do things like that, you know. But yeah, I think it's because Cranwells is shallower, and maybe they spawn earlier in there. Yeah, and the ones in Oxley's because the water runs, they must smell it or they something. smell it and they push their way up through. Yeah. It's only like, you know, half a foot deep. But that must have right head scratcher if you're fishing the main lake. Well, this was the thing. I, I was fishing, I mean, after I'd done uh, Cranwell's, I was fishing Oxley's and someone caught the Oxley's coming out of Cranwell's and I'm like, no. I'm not going on there and catching all the same fish that I've caught before to try and catch that. So I just plodded on on Oxley's and caught the big common. <laughs> I was in the net scratching my head. It's like, Looks like a common, but yeah, it's a strange old weedy Cranwells or not? Yeah, yeah, it was weedy. Yeah, it's like I was in the weed, but it's say it was you had a, two big islands and up tight to the islands was a good bet, but they're a long way out. Um, what are we talking? What's a long way out? Oh, 150. Okay, so yeah, right. yeah. Um, but I, I used to like fishing the shallows more than anything, as long as you, you know, swans could be a pain in the ass, but um. And that's eventually where I caught the parrot from. In the, even in the winter, it's, he liked the shallows. He liked a winter, though, didn't he? Or a, an autumn? Well, I was told that he'd been caught Christmas Eve before and he just got, it's just an eating machine, you know. But when we first joined, it was, it would come out about five or six times a year. Yeah. So I got on there and I thought, right, I am going to have the chance to catch the biggest fish I've ever caught. Was it 55 55, yeah. yeah. The first day we joined, the first day of the season, it got caught at 55. And I thought, so I'm not pipe fishing in the winter. I'm not going chub fishing or anything. I'm just sticking on here because it does come out in the winter. And because um, I've only got me one night a week, yeah. you know, I did take um, a couple of holidays on there, you know, where I did three or four days. But um, so that was my main focus. And uh, my missus got fed up with me talking about it. <clears throat> but... It's got a large shallow areas around one side and the other side gets deep around by the islands. So you've got, you got all the, the gully in between the islands. Is, is, it was about nine foot and then shelved up. So you've got all features and all sorts in there, you know. 
What were, what were your thoughts about going on there, fishing it, in amongst the likes of Terry Earn and people who've got, obviously Terry's a brilliant angler, but he's obviously got time at which, at his disposal as well, which makes him even more deadly, doesn't it? Well, I fished with Terry before and didn't, and I fished, I've known Terry for years. And um, honestly, when Terry turned, I think Terry turned up, it was the second year I've been on there. And I just thought, catch it and hurry up and go. Cause what him catch it. Yeah. Yeah. Because every time I turned up where you wanted to be, Terry was there. Yeah. You can't beat that. You can't beat time. And he's a bloody good angler. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking him. Um, and, uh, and we got on fine, you know, we did our own thing. And, um, was it, was it like that on there? Were, were people, obviously, because as that fish has grown, there's a lot more attention grown to the overall size of it, the potential of it. But was it very much etiquette wise, a, a good syndicate with regards to if you've got something going or if you're in a certain area, if you, they would leave it alone? Not really. It never worked like that. Really, it, it, was, it was a funny lake because people could park in a swim because there was two swims, the main ones that covered all the shallows. If they were a, empty people just drive back in there they wouldn't even walk around and say hello they just straight in straight in fishing yeah so it is um you didn't see many people nobody really chatted to you or anything you know but what i got going was a bait i just kept baiting up with the bait kept kept it going in because i was using pete's bait nobody else was using it and uh and it and it made my fishing easy in the end what what do you mean you mean the, they- the fish were looking for me how much bait were you putting in? I wasn't putting tons in, but I was putting plenty in every time I went and when I left. What's plenty? I was taking probably about 10 kilos with me every time I went. And it was going in. It was going in. And um, in the end, it was it just got better and better and better and better. And, Areas yeah. for you when you... Obviously, you're interested, but a lot of the bait, a lot of the um, the captures or, or the fishing on there has been bait boats at range. Was that, was that you? Were you casting to them? How were you fishing? Did a bit of both, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't make out that I never, you know, used no, a bait boat because it. it was, you know, some of it you had to. Yeah. Because it was weedy, you were fishing out like, like right out to the islands. You didn't want to be sitting there on light lines or anything. You had a, you know, tow rope everywhere. So it was, um, but yeah, it's um, a bit, bit of fishing on the shallows because it was shallow and you could do casting on there and catch fish. I didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't make Just any difference. Where you got to tow them. You, it was yeah. out further, yeah. You had to... Uh, you want the strength in your tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bait boats are nightmares anyway, they? They're always breaking. It's a tech- well, pain in the arse. And I am useless with technology, you know. I've got... I, I'm, I'm taking... <laughs> like, for the first time... On the venue, you've got to have one to compete, and I've got to compete because it's otherwise you're just getting smashed. And I, I've looked at it, and now they're not just drive out and drops. There's all sorts going on, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, ours would just drive out and drops, but I think if you're gonna have, if you're fishing the water with bait boats, you need two because one's always broken. <laughs> <laughs> one's always been fixed. Yeah, yeah maybe. I say yeah. that don't happen to me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be swimming trying to pick one up. Um, your your sort of time on there, you said it, again, you said it early, you said you've always built up to the capture and I believe that the capture of the parrot, ultimately, there was an awful lot of those fish that you caught before you got the... the yeah, I, I caught all of them. I caught every single fish, more than once. What was the backup stock like? Yeah, there was um, the Simo, which went about £47. There was a big common that went up to about 46 47 There was a veiny one, which was 42 There was a few 40s in there. And lots of 30s, lovely fish, it's, you know, wonderful place. And, I, and funny enough, I still see photographs of the fish these days. 
And a lot of the thirty pounders are now forty pounders, so it's still a you know a blinding venue. So they're doing well, then. Yeah, they? yeah, they've all grown in there. You know, why do you on. think? Why do you think that parrot got that big? It's just a freak of nature. Because when Roy caught it, he called it on a eighteen mil wafter, and he said, "Come and have a look at it." And honestly, that eighteen mil wafter just fitted in its mouth. It's tiny, tiny, tiny little mouth. And, you know, my usual approach was big boilies and scattering them. Yeah, what are you doing? I, I, I went right down to, like, 16 mil pop-ups. Did you? I was yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah. yeah. Pete, yeah. roll me some 10 mils, mate. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Whenever you say a Pete, can you have some smaller baits? He says, no, just get the bigger ones and peel them. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Cheers, Pete. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not, he doesn't... That smaller mouth, then? Oh, it's tiny. Yeah, it's like... People thought it was damaged from um, you know captures and stuff, yeah. but it wasn't. It was. I got pictures of it. When it was about twelve pounds when he got put in there. Was it put? It got put in there from the lake up the road, and um, his mouth was twisted. Then just you know one of these. The way it was. But it's so weird that a fish with a defect on its mouth, you think we'd get no bigger than eight pounds or something, wouldn't you? You know, not going to be. 68 pound just as you say mate because by the sounds of it and and from everything i've heard terry's video on his capture subsequent captures even before that it's a bait fish isn't it love yeah, bait. yeah 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 love bait yeah yeah Jeez. but then the year i caught it it got caught about it didn't get caught for about eight months we all put our money on it it'd be, it was dead you know how old was it when you've got records of it at 30 pound have you yeah 30 pound um I reckon it's about thirty years old, maybe. Right, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it weren't old odds. So no, it wasn't. Wasn't proper old. Yeah, 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 yeah. To go over and above. Yeah. What do you think it could have got to if it lived on? I don't know because when I caught it, it dropped down the following year. Again, went back down yeah. to sixty-four because I think Terry caught it roughly the same time a year later that I caught it. Yeah. And it gone down to it, but when I caught it, it hadn't been caught for about eight months, and it had been really mild all through the winter and I caught it on the 13th of January and it would be mild a whole winter so I'd obviously just carried on munching going, not yeah. being caught and then um the night that I caught it it was going down to minus five and always fine if you can get out on those nights when the temperature's going to drop those fish know they have a good old munch up yeah even I've noticed with pike fishing as well when it's going to get a really cold spell coming in they know they have a feed up you know they have to don't they so you know they live in their surroundings, so they need to know what's going on. Yeah, it does definitely make sense. <clears throat> you on, on there, those captures early leading up to it, what what were you tactically doing? You said you were applying bait and they got used to your bait and they were hunting out your bait. You've had this capture from Roy and seen that obviously mouth-wise it's smaller and you're going to have to use smaller baits. Was it hinges over spreads of boilies? What was it? I, I went through pretty much every different rig. <laughs> I was trying just – I went through uh, – the 360 rig, the Ronnie rig wasn't known about then, really. Not by us, anyway. Um, uh, braided, soft braided rigs, stiff rigs, hinge stiff rigs. But I found, um, when I looked at his mouth, I ended up fishing soft braided rigs. And, Did you? And, and short pop-ups, yeah. It was pretty basic what I called it on in the end. I went through a phase of using the 360 rig, and I started catching a few fish with that. But then they started get, catching them all over the mouth. Right. And I and I dropped a couple and, and Roy said to me at the time, he said, what are you doing? He said, why don't you just, you know, go back to basics, what you, you know, you used to do. Because I've always used pretty basic rigs. I've not been a really What are we talking person. about basic? Basically a knotless knot on a soft, soft link and um, 
and a and a heavily weighted pop up, not a, a wafting one. With a hair, know. not like running. With a hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. You animal. Yeah, what it works, doesn't it? <laughs> soft coated all the way through, like not like a coated braid, literally just a, a supple yeah, braid. yeah, yeah, supple braid, yeah. Oh my yeah. days! What mm. do you have a lot like, of bag on there or something? To, if I was casting, handle? I'd have the nuggets on there. You know the the, yeah, the foam nuggets. nuggets and then catapult, but a lot of it's bait work, boat bait work. So. You know. Lead lead arrangement for you? What were you on? I was on clips. Well, yeah, yeah, standard clips. Yeah, it was nothing, nothing fancy. It's interesting that you said you've changed rigs because, again, like I expected from what I've heard for it to be very basic, strong but basic. I didn't expect you to ever doubt that the rig choice potentially would be the issue with regards to tracking down that fish. But well, I went through three years of fishing for it, and I caught. Everything in the lake, more than once. God. And you're like, you know what I mean? You're thinking, well, what else can it be? Maybe it's my rigs. Maybe I should try something different. You know, I think I might have lost it at one stage. I lost a really heavy fish and my hook snapped, funny enough, which had never happened before. Your hook snapped? Yeah, yeah. It was plowing up and down those, those deep gullies. And it was like, I thought, Jesus, this has got some weight to it. And then the hook snapped. So that's the only time those hooks ever let me down. Savage having a hook snap on that. That is a yeah, gutter, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so I didn't know what that was, but it's to say. They do say it gets... All worked out right in the end, didn't it? They say it gets lost a lot, though, don't they? Because mm. of the nature of that mouth and... Yeah, I know. A few everything. people said they lost it, yeah. yeah. You said there, mate, obviously you've you, you gone through the stock in terms of catching numerous repeats on them, and you had that instance where the hook snapped. Talk me through the actual ultimate ending that was the capture of that fish. Well, I, I got down there... Um, this is when Terry was fishing it. He fishing it flat out like I was through the through the winter. And I got down there. I went down the day before just to put trickle a bit of bay in or have have a look. Say so it was January, but it was mild. And um, there was someone fishing in the area that I wanted to fish, so I didn't bother. And it was one of the bailiffs, so I went down and had a chat with him. And uh, he said he'd seen a few fish, so I thought well, that that'd do. I pop in here. I said, "No, Terry." He said, "No, he's he's gone days fishing this week." fucking result <laughs> so um i turned up the next day and uh i went down to lee and i said to he said yeah, i'm standing up a couple of nights i've had a 24 pound common he said but i've seen the parrot he said the parrot's out here on the shallows and i'm like really he said yeah yeah she's coming right out in the water was it that visible did it did it show oh, a lot yeah did yeah, it yeah i see it a couple of times boshing you like a horse you know what i mean it's huge yeah and uh and that was a really encouragement because we still weren't sure at the time if it was still alive, you know. He said it was 100% it was a parrot. So he said he'd seen it out in front, in front of him. So I thought, right, I've sort of got to get near to where he's fishing but not taking the piss. So I didn't go next door to him. <clears throat> I went to a little swim, which not many people fished, which is now called the record swim. And... um there's a, it was a shallows, but there was a, a like a, it was all like two foot deep. But then it dropped down to about four foot and then come back. It wasn't that far out. And uh, I put a rod in there and then we saw some fish out long um, by the island. So I put, got the bait boat and did two long rods out there. And he come down, he said, do you want a cup of tea? I said, yeah, I'll have a cup of tea, Lee, and that. And I started putting the bivvy up and the bobbin dropped down on the, the closer room rod. <clears throat> he said, you your bobbin just dropped down then and looked in, pulled back up tight and just stayed tight. And then the slow and stuck. You got a tail went down, bent into it. 
And first of all, <clears throat> whether it was swimming towards me, I don't know. But it didn't feel that big. And I said, it feels a bit weird. And all of a sudden, it turned. And I went, oh, hello. He said, do. <laughs> and then he did a lot of kiting. And I had to get my chesties on and get out in the water. Because there was a dead tree to me left. And um, and then it did um, what it, 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 it's done, what I've heard from other people. When you're fishing in about three foot of water, buries its head into the silt, so its tail comes out of the water like this. Oh, God. And you're thinking, that's three foot of water there, and that fish, good foot of that fish is out of the water. And also, there ain't that much of a back, like, in terms of that bracket of carp. No, well, I'd had, I'd had fish do that to me before in there. Right, okay. And um, I just chipped myself because I thought, you know, the, the old knee's going, this is it, you know. And um, so I was trying to stay calm, and... Uh, and then it went on another few runs and that, and then it came close, and then it got into the gully in close, and that had a bit of weed in it, buried itself in the weed. So I had to give it, give it the butt, and it slowly came up, and as it came up, it came towards a load of weed over its head and everything, so we just scooped it up. And I saw the linear scaling on the side, and I said to Lee, that's one of two fish, that is, mate, that's over the, the um, floppy tail linear. I said, oh, that's a parrot. I pulled the weed off its head, and I was like, that's the one. What's that feeling? Describe <clears throat> that feeling. No, it's, it's like anyone, because I didn't know it was a record at the time, was, but anyone who's been after their target fish for three years, you know, I know I was never going to get a chance to catch a fish as big as this. This is a freak of nature. And I was worried it was going to die before I caught it. Right. And um, and so both my mates who'd been on there, Adam and Roy had caught it. And so I was just pleased to get it and, box the whole lake off. And also I've been there three years solid. You're sick of it, no? I was sick of it, yeah. 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 I don't know. As beautiful as the place was and all the rest of it. You want to go and fish other waters, you know? When you've caught all those, mate. Yeah. That, yeah. That's like a it's a burden, isn't it? Yeah, really? I, I think I had over ninety fish out there in the oh, end. Oh God, yeah. And um so yeah, so we we got it to weigh and everything and uh <clears throat> got the scales ready in it and to be fair, it was the best I'd ever seen it. It had all the winter colours, it's all the reds and golds and everything. And uh, we got the, uh, the way pole out and uh, I said to Lee, you you read it off, you know, you know, I'm not going to read it off. Were you bothered? Were you bothered weight-wise? No, or? not bothered at all. No. no, I wasn't bothered at all. I, was, I, I thought it'd be about 62, 64 maybe. Um, but Lee, Lee was babbling away and he's going, I said, Fuck's sake, Lee, what is it? You know, oh, you better have a look at this. So, all right, so we lowered it back down. And I got the other side, lifted it up. And it was like 70 pounds. He's going, doo, doo, doo. I said, fucking hell, Lee, that's nearly 70 pounds. He went, oh, no, I know, there's nothing else in the net, is there? We go, no, mate. He said, that's fucking nearly 70 pounds. Fucking hell. And we, I said, it's just over 68. So we put it back down. I said, I better find Marco, who was who run the place and like, and uh, we took a couple of quick pictures before we put it in the in the retainer. And he was this is like four o'clock in the afternoon, so it's getting dark in January. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> phoned up because um, they had some scales on like digital scales with room digital ones that they use for that occasion. Oh, what they the actual fishery? The actual fishery, yeah. They had, and I said, I need some witnesses as well, like you know, yeah. <clears throat> because all of a sudden the penny dropped. Fuck me, that's, that's, that's beating the record. 
What was the record before this time? It was uh, Aussie's record. Aussies, it was yeah. uh, two time, yeah, 67 something. Jeez. So it was like, you know, all of a sudden my mind's racing, like, you know, and, and uh, Mark's come out with his with three of the other people who worked there and uh, weighed it, and it, it, was, it went 68-1. And uh, so I phoned Roy out because I knew Roy's a dab hand with the camera, and he was in Swindon or somewhere. He said, I'm on my way, mate, don't worry, I'll be there in an hour or whatever. And uh, phone Pete up because you know what your mates are like. You phone all your mates because they've heard all your story yeah. about it, and now you've they've been lived it with you. Yeah, they? they've lived it with you, and they, you know, they they love it as much as you do, you know. And Pete was um, Pete had been pike fishing on the broads that day, and he was uh, tying his boat up, and he, he heard it, and he was doing a little dance, and he said, "I realised I'd be a torch on." And anyone in, in the house is there to see me dancing away. <laughs> <laughs> But that was, so that was lovely because obviously it was on his bait. And, um, yeah, it just went crazy then. I had, my phone just went in a meltdown then. From there on in, yeah. I had a 200 and something odd texts. Did you? Yeah, it was before I, WhatsApp and that. It was just like when men always phoned me up, which was nice. Cause I know Oz. And he phoned me up congratulating when you and bastard, you took the record <laughs> and all that. So that was nice. But, yeah, no, it was great. It was, uh, Did it look... I mean, it's hard to gauge because it's a, it's a quantum leap between like a 50-pounder and then a 70-pounder, nigh-on 70-pounder. When you add it on the mat and or when you add it in the sling to hoist it up, did, did you feel that it was going to go I just went silly? into it. Like, went, no, I just, not a clue. And then even when I picked it up, I wasn't, you know, it's just like... Because the proportions of it are like proper, aren't they? It's yeah, not like yeah, a big yeah, gutty yeah. thing, no, is no. it? No, no, it's 42 inches long. Yeah, it's long. And, yeah. Yeah. And like solid. Mm. And it was, as you say, when you had it, I remember the photos coming up on, on sort of social media and in like magazines. And I was, it just looked pucker apart from your dodgy hat that you had on at the time. I thought you need to get rid of that. You know that hat I had? I got that from Tesco's because I'd left my hat at, at home. <laughs> so when I went to market that night, there's a 24 hour Tesco's over the road. And that was the so one. I went in there and brought a woolly hat. <laughs> That's some lucky out range. That That's is, in the mate. drawer upstairs. Yeah, the yeah. old Dean Fletcher yeah. range. Mate. You should get you should talk to Tesco. through Tesco's. Yeah, George. Yeah, you can have fruit and veg with it. There you go. That's a great marketing ploy for you, mate. You've done it. But like, it was it was mega. I remember it really resonating. Obviously, as it would do because it was a British record. But across the whole of it, it was like, wow, mate, epic carp, epic time of year to catch any carp. Yeah, I think mean, the record's never been caught in the winter before. I think most records are carrying a bit of spawn, aren't they? Exactly, so, normally yeah, pretty full. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. mega, mate. Yeah, it's definitely a male fish. It never, ever... Dropped, did it? Never dropped, no. That's unbelievable, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Proper freak of nature, you know? And I was just so lucky to have a ticket and waited the years to fish it. If we'd got him a few years earlier, I would have caught you a 50-pounder, you know? Or, you know, I've caught my mates, it'd have been a low 60 you know, not that I'd have minded any of that, you know, I just wanted to catch it. It's just the biggest fish in the lake and I wanted to catch it. But so all the stars aligned and everything, and it hadn't been caught for a long time, been feeding all through the winter and it's at its best ever weight. Do you think that sort of, I don't know, I don't know how much you believe in that sort of thing, but you've gone through the whole stock, you've done your sort of, you've paid your dues with regards yeah, yeah, to it and yeah. you think that you sort of almost were owed it, no? I think, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, mate. Yeah. it's an epic chapter, isn't it? Oh, it's just it just all went to plan, you know. What I mean, it just I was because if you if I had caught it and not caught some of the others, I wouldn't have stayed for the others because that was you know what oh. I was there for. So it was nice to catch, and they were lovely fish as well, you know. Oh, some cracking fish, ninety odd captures. Wow, mate. Yeah, there's some lovely fish in there. What's the celebration still, like, mate? What'd you do? I sat there on my own, 
No, everyone went. And I was the only one on the lake. Did you put rods back <laughs> And out? I went to sleep. I've been to work the night before. And I, you know, yeah. I've been up since 11 o'clock the night before. So I just went to bed. But I remember it went down to minus five that night. As I was saying about the fish feeding up when it gets cold. But I can just remember being in my sleeping bag, zipped up, giggling to myself. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, it's just my mind was into, I, I didn't sleep much. I didn't that. sleep much. Not really. And then I had Gary Newman come down the next day. From the Angling Times, yeah. the Angling Mail one of them. Angling Times, and uh, interviewed me and all. It's just it was surreal, like you know. Did and it's fair to say, like obviously this was at a time when obviously you sort of took Angler's Mail, but also social media had just sort of started and everything like that. You were, and to be fair, subsequently you haven't done much sort of publicity. You've done the uh, another podcast. Yeah. You haven't really done a great deal in terms of like public eye stuff. Was it? It must have been mental, not only getting a text, but then having that whole sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, wanting to know yeah. everything. Yeah, I mean, because I've known... I know quite a few people in the, you know, the sponsored anglers, Dave Lanes and all. They're all mates, you know, Terry, mm. all of them. And um, through fishing lakes that they've been on. But I've never been one for, you know, I've never been sponsored or anything like that or been interested in any of that because I'm busy enough at work. I don't need all that. But you bait, surely articles, you bait from Regan, don't you? You don't have to pay for it, do you? Pay for it through the nose, mate. We all do. It's no That's different with outrageous. everyone. Even Damien's paying for his bait. Oh, that's tight, mate. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if somebody offered you one, you wouldn't give it back. No, I've been offered bait deals and all the rest of it in the yeah, past. I bet you I'm have. not interested. It's my edge, as far as I'm concerned. Is it? Yeah, yeah. The only trouble is, because he, oh, he's on Welly this year, he's given my edge to a few people, been buying bait off him, and people. It's been lovely though. It's been people who haven't caught anything for weeks and weeks and weeks. And Pete said, always says, "Give a kiss," and they go to kiss him on the cheek, and he always turns around, and kisses them on the lips. <laughs> what? And he sells them some bait, and then the next week, one of the lads down there he hadn't caught anything all for. I ain't caught anything all season. Jeez. And then he said to Pete, Pete said, "You know, take this bait." He phoned Pete up the next day; he'd lost one. Next time he went out, he had a forty-seven. He was over the moon. Yeah. Next trip he went out, had a £50 common. Jeez. <laughs> That's got to be a buzz, though, I suppose. But yeah. it does show you the benefit of, of, of an established bait in a venue, doesn't it? Loads oh, of people yeah, have yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. When, you're, yeah. when you're putting bait in and a, and a good quality bait. And, and you catch the bigger ones as well. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Do you reckon that's how you're fishing as well, though? Yeah, I think it's how you're fishing, but you seem to build up to it, you know? You seem to, you know... I mean, one of the last sessions I had down there, I had... 340s, 38 or 37 is like one after another, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's some serious going. I was going to ask, did you change your up pattern from when it snapped to when no, you had the parrot? No, You didn't? No. That's no, it was the only time it ever snapped. I caught hundreds of fish on those hooks. That's a bit of trust, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I don't use them now. <laughs> <laughs> Not really these chemically sharpened ones these days, you can't. You're not in. You can't knock them, can you? No. What? What? what where's your stance on hooks for you now? Are you into a sharpened hook? Or are you, yeah, yeah. I'm the Kamakuras. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and and rig wise, mate, have you changed much? It's still simple belt and brace. No, and stuff? I'm on Ronnie rigs now. Oh, he's gone <laughs> to the dark side, hasn't he? You can't beat them, can you? They change the hook pretty quick. They're pretty yeah. good. You can change the hook really quick. Um, they turn. But you're still fish. on boilies, big spreads, and yeah, three yeah. different spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 big hooks, yeah. big baits. 
you often think it's outside, it's different to what they see normally, isn't it? As you said, like things come round in spells, but there was a spell when a lot of people were doing it. Nowadays, it's free on a spot and bits and bobs and munger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd probably go around a full circle again, wouldn't You'll it? You'll be on the munger when everybody's on the old yeah, sticking exactly. bakes, <laughs> wouldn't you? I know your sort, mate. But that's the thing, for you nowadays, the fact that you're still the current British record holder, everything that's gone on with the other sort of claims and everything is what it is. But how, how does that feel for you? Is it is it... Is it still a massive sort of sense of pride or oh, is it? I love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my wife tells people, you know, and they go, you know, about fishing. Oh, I'm like, shish, shish, but you know, yeah, no, it's great. I won't deny it. I'm not going to make out, oh, you know, it's no big deal, but no, I love it. It's great. It's one of your business cards when you're out. out isn't it? <laughs> got Green a grocer, <laughs> British car record holder. Bosh. <laughs> Oh, I'd have it. I'd have it on a t-shirt for sure, mate. There's good pictures as well. To be fair, Roy's done a bit. Yeah, they, he? yeah. He's, he's you know because they're all night shots when they were dark by the time he got there. So yeah, it's not one you're going to leave in the sack. For no, 18, it's, it's great because it? it's you know it's brought other things out. I've just done a chapter in a book called Fantastic Fishes. It's all done for charity for um oh, yeah the fishing la- fishing charity thing that they do out uh, Raysbury Way. That uh, is it, Liz? Lucy's Bowl. No, Lucy's not Lucy's bowl. bowl. Les, um, oh, angling project. Yeah, angling project. Yeah, yeah. With the kids and that. Yes. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it's it's a great book actually because it's loads of different, all different species, but different people's fishes and stuff and that. So, just done a chapter for that. That's nice, you know. Something I'd always wanted to do. It's a chapter for a book. So, what about writing your own book one day? <sighs> no chance. What do you mean, no chance? No chance. Thank you. Patient, chapter? <laughs> yeah, that took me How long many enough. Chapters you got? Pete needs to do a book. Yeah, well, he does. His podcast went down brilliantly well. He's funny, mate. Yeah. He's a, he could have been a comedian, I tell you. It just comes out with him straight away. Someone walks in, you know, bloke walking to swim the other day, thick glasses. He said, blimey, can you see in the future with Ebon? <laughs> but that's the brilliant thing about carp vision, isn't it? Yeah. And I said to you on the phone, like, that banter is exactly like part and parcel of it. The day that's lost, you just it's just not the same, is it? Yeah, you no. Need that. If we get all this political correctness in cart fishing, oh, no one can take the piss out of each other. What's that all about? I often I often say like if you're in at like our meetings, <laughs> you would, those meetings would not be held in any other workplace. It's like the, the market I go to in Western National. Yeah, you know, we're all different races there. Everyone's you know. Everyone talks like it's 1980. Yeah. And no one gives a shit. No. Because it's all, you know. All, it's good, mate. It's good. It? And we all get on. We all have a laugh. Yeah, happy days. You know. Happy days. It's, it, it's, you know, none of this, uh, what, as you say, it'd be murder if they got up. I mean, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that as, a, as a chapter, when you've caught the British record, when all the dust settles down and it finally does sink in, which I'm guessing is a period of time, like a long time, what... What's your fishing head saying about where do you go next? Because, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. Like, it is the well, pinnacle, isn't it? I did have people say to me, is that it now? You, you're not bother carp fishing anymore. You've done it. You know, It's not like a game where you complete it. It's, um, I just love fishing, you know? I mean, in the winter, I was going, we just walked over the road, didn't we? And see the little ro- lovely chalk stream running through the village. I, I was, you know, out in the winter catching grayling and trout there on the float and stuff. I just love fishing. I've been out in the fresh air because I'm pretty flat out of work. When I finish work and I get down the lake, and it is a work up to go fishing, I'll be honest with you, because all I want to do is go on my bed. I'm knackered. But, and you still got to do a lap of the lake and you try and find the fish. But then once I'm set up and everything, I normally have a cut house kip. Mm. 
and then I'm refreshed and then I'm fishing and I love it. And it doesn't really matter. You know, as long as I've got, I won't lie, you've got, they've got to be decent fish to fish for and pretty, you know, proper fish, you know, and you know, ones that I want to catch. But yeah, no, I, I just love being outside. And uh, I think from, where do I go from ways in? Um, oh, I went to Welly again. Yeah. Went to Welly again. The yeah. Welly chapter. Now you, you've had a ticket for free Three Two, times, three yeah, times? yeah, three times, yeah. Jeez. I was a member of the original syndicate when um, I took Steve Renyard's place, funny enough, because he offered one and he couldn't take it, so I took his place. It was 30 of us. When's that? Give me a year for that. Oh, Jesus. I think it's, it's either late 90s or early 2000s. Right, okay. Um, but I used to, things like Boathouse Point on there, I used to back my Red Sierra God, estate. Sierra, yeah. Oh, yeah, class. I used to back it right up until the point and fish out the back of it, like, you know? Yeah, really? yeah. But the biggest fish in there them days was about 32 pounds. I was going to say, that's the early days. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And then... Um, the fishing on there, like, for people who haven't been to Welly, it is like a beautiful lake, but it is park life, isn't it? No, it is park life. But in the early years, it wasn't that bad. Was it not? No, it wasn't that bad. It used, it used to be a lot of tension there. So you used to catch a lot. It used to be known for tench fishing more than more than the carp. But... um. No, it wasn't too bad, and you know, and there was pedlos on there, which could be a pain in the nice. ass. Put a marker fly out, oh, what's that over there? And off they go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just enjoyed it, and the, and the thing was, at the time, I was fishing White Swan and Dinton, and that's a cruel. That's Dinton's always been tough, and I, you know, I won't make no bones about it. Well, he's not nowhere near as hard as Dinton was, you know. Even now. Why is that? Because it's a small water. Do you it's think it's that small water syndrome and White Swan? White Swan's always been rock hard. I don't know why. It's been really tricky on baits. You had to be on the right baits. Um, they're really fussy. And I used to get things rolling on there, catch a few, and it stopped. And you think, you know, what's going on? I, you know, the only time I caught consistently on there is when I started using Pete's bait. It's interesting, isn't it? Because White Swan, when you look at it, it's it's, it's not wide, is it? It's no, not wide no. at all. It's quite, and that's another park. Like that's park life around there. Oh yeah, and it, it and it was always it was always a busy lake as well with fishermen because it was you know, as I said, mm. it was probably one of the best waters in the country at the time. Yeah, it's mad, isn't but it? But it's it's like it's literally five minutes from where I work, so from Mile Man's Farm. So you, you know, it's my local water. But in the early years on Dinton, we used to do a few trips on there, blank, 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 and then go and fish a club water and catch a few 20s. <laughs> what, just remember to get a bend what in the rod? Yeah, just to get a bend in the rod and remember what you're doing. But, it's, you know. Well, think, well, is, this, is this before Welly, Dinton, then, you're saying? Dinton was before Welly, yeah. yeah. Okay. When it, it was fir- just White Swan. I think it was 83, they turned it into Syndicate. Okay. And the biggest carp in there then was a mid-20, I think. Wow. And um, But even then, there were bastards to catch. Why do you think that is? Always have been. I don't know why. It's, um, we was catching them tutti frutties then, rich worth tutti frutties. Yeah. But even then, I say it was they, they were hard because I, I remember catching one. That one, the first time I went, I caught three. And it was a day ticket, and um, a girl come round and asked me for my permit, and I said I have a day ticket, and she said, "I said you sell a season ticket." She said, "Yeah, I said, oh, I have a season ticket then." I had an eighteen pounder. A fifteen and a nine pound common, and in them days, they were big fish. Yeah, and I think I went about six weeks before I caught another one. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's just always been a tough water, you know. And I think it still is now. I don't. I got friends, Mickey Gray and um, 
Terry, um, Peffy Bridge and all them lot are down there. You know, I don't think it's easy now, is it? No, you know? definitely. The fish are incredible though, isn't they? Oh yeah, they've always been. And that's down yeah. to Simon in it. He's always yeah, stocked he's, it with the amazing fish. Mega fish there, yeah. you know? Now Black Swan's an amazing fishery as well. So. That's a totally different lake though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a big old venue that is. That's, you you know. fish that? I only did about five nights on there when it first opened. Um, the fish weren't as big, obviously, as they are now, but it was just a public done my head in. Because I was working nights, I was getting down there, knackered. Mm. You had dogs in your swim, dogs trying to eat your bait. But now they lock the park at night so people can't come in through the night. Yeah. And also a lot of the swims are gated off, so. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'd give my right arm for a ticket now without, you know. Some incredible stock in there. Amazing there, linear in there and all the rest of them. <sighs> yeah. But, yeah, be interesting to see. They're the man shoes now, isn't it? It's, uh, well, it's you not happening. Know. You never know. You never say never. Get on there. You got enough time. <laughs> yeah. um, it would be interesting to see the difference between black and white in terms of the difficulty of fishing with regards to their different sheets of water and size. Yeah, and I think without knowing too much, I think white swan is still the yeah, tougher one of the yeah, two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, the prices are mega. Sorry, mate. I've taken you <coughs> from. Um, from Welly away to yeah, Dinan yeah, and yeah. back. We were talking about Welly, we were talking about first getting on there and the first time you had your ticket and sort of the general makeup of the lake and you fishing at that time. There obviously weren't the size of fish that probably were popularised later on. When you Yeah, yeah, there. no, the reason I joined it, it was just a nice lake, somewhere different and just another water to fish in the area. And um, I like the look of those big levery mirrors mm. as well because, you know, I was fishing didn't, a lot of them were scaly fish and... I'd caught the leanies from California Lake and all the rest of it. So, you know, I've always liked the big, chunky, ding-type fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, yeah, we got a ticket for there. Fished it for a few years. I think I fished it for about three, four seasons. Maybe not that long. But anyway, pretty much caught everything that was in there. It's chuff of it. The only one I didn't catch was a turtle, which was did annoy me because mm. that was the one to catch. Um, so I think about another four years went on. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back and try and catch that turtle. So did you drop your ticket in that time? I dropped my ticket in that time, and it was 300 quid, I think, when I dropped my ticket. And then when I rejoined, it was a 1000 pounds. <laughs> 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 I was like, you know, it was a bit go. different, yeah. So, uh, but the stock at that time. But then they were 40 pounders, yeah, you know, yeah. and I caught some of the fish that I'd had at 30 pounds, like 40 pounds then, you know. How do you feel about that, the old repeats later on? Uh, I mean, it's not perfect, is it? I'm not great for repeats myself, but... Um, if they're 40 pounders, you don't stick your nose up at them, do you? And I was after the turtle, so, you know, it's not the end of the world, is it? You know, so, um, and I caught the turtle with two weeks left of my ticket left. So, Talk to me about the process of how you caught, cause how you caught them. Because on there, I'm trying to think what I've seen on there when I was coming up would have been the quarter underwater they did on there. Um, I'd have seen a bit on maybe some thinking tackles. Other than that, I went up there when I started working at Carpology to do an article with an angler. So I've probably been been there once in terms of seeing various bits of media on it. But what seemed to be the sort of fishing that I'd seen on there was your type of fishing, which was boily fishing mainly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and I've been on that lake when it's been mad weedy. Mm. And I've been on that lake where it's had not a drop of weed in it. Yeah, yeah. It seems to, yeah. it seems to be quite changeable, but the same boily tactic of of sort of basically locating the fish because they like to show, sticking some baits out and fishing over big beds of Yeah, bait yeah, without doubt. When when um Dan did the underwater video in there, they, yes. they yeah, put yeah. they put loads of um pellet and stuff Bits, in there, didn't yeah. they? Bits in there. 
when he left, he was in the car park, they packed up. And you remember the video, the um, Lumpy used to come in and sit on his PV back. That's right, yeah. yeah. I turned up for fishing that day after they'd gone. And I looked round into the stags and there was still some fish there. Oh, that same swim? The same swim, yeah. And um, I said, I'm going to have a go in here. He said, there's still fish here. So I uh, went into the swim. I said to my mate, let me know when the fish are moved. He said, he went, yeah, cast now. So I cast into the hole. He threw 30, 24 mil donkey chokers. <sighs> scattered them around. My donkey choke was amongst them. He walked back to me. The bobbin dropped down. Wallet lumpy. No. 37 pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was, Ian Paul was stood there and he goes, that's been sat on Dan's bait all week. He said, I'm going to phone him up. And Dan hadn't left the car park yet. Do I, don't think- know, I don't know if he knows that. <laughs> but yet again, going from boilie to boilie yeah. to boilie to make a mistake. Even on that sort of spot where you're like, yeah, it's yeah. a tight, clear spot up yeah, against yeah. some snags. You yeah. just fall big, big old baits. Big old baits scattered along the snags and that. And he come along, wallop, 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 wallop. You don't think that maybe, oh no, well obviously they didn't, the proof's in the pudding, you've caught them, but you don't think that they, when they're in the edge like that, that that more subtler sort of bits and, because I think it, and I'm thinking about it in my own head now, when I'm fishing, if I'm fishing in the edge, I'll find everything down in terms of, I will fish crumb and bits and bobs. I'm making that situation harder, but I'm thinking yeah, that they're coming yeah. up with a bit more trepidation. I, I must admit, um, on other waters I've fished, all these closer in, they do. They are shy. Mm. They they know what they are. And they're a bit more, and that's I think when the pellet fishing comes into its own and that sort of fishing. But there, they just love their boilies, and uh, that was it. No way to go, mate. Got him. Yeah. Do the photos, yeah. Dan. Oh <laughs> God. How uh, big was that? Thirty-seven pounds. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the result. Because they was all guessing the weight on the film. They was going, oh, it must be a forty pounder, but it wasn't. It was thirty-seven. And that poor old thing, I caught that about five times, that fish. It followed me around. And then when I rejoined recently, after wazing, a friend of mine um, phoned me up and said to me, you ever thought I'm going to go back on Wally? Because he had a ticket. And I said, not really. I said, you know, he said, Dean, all the big ones that you caught are dead now. He said, they're gone. He said, there's a new lot of fish come through. And he said, and uh, Two of them could do sixty pound. He said, and "There's not many people caught three sixty pounders if you yeah. caught both of them." Well, yeah. <laughs> and I've always kept in touch, and I know Jamie runs it really well over there, all the rest of it. And um, lucky enough, someone dropped wanted a refund, and Jamie phoned me up and said, "You know, are you interested?" So it was like I was I was on Oxley's at a time. I'd caught the big common. The other two, the big the other big common in there, and the big mirror. They were mid-30s at the time. They weren't 40 pounds like they were when Daryl and all the others went over there and caught them. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll come over and have a bash. So I got a ticket for Welly again. And um, unfortunately, the, the big 60 pounder died not long after I got it. Which seems to be a running thing with me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the angel of death. <laughs> that died not long after. But um, and I've loved it back. It's been really enjoyable. You know, it's, you know, there was no 50 pounders in there. And I caught... I caught a fifty pound within about three weeks of being there on Pete's, which was Pete's new bait at the time. Uh, so that was great, you know. And, um, how had it changed? Had it changed at all over that time? Because no, you're talking really. about three different, completely different sort of eras. No, not thought. really at all. Really, it's um, still the same approach: big boilies and plenty of them. You know, frying stick jobs, spread them out. Do you feel like you've sort of got to know? 
because you've been there that long, are they still following the same habits, even though they're different fish or not? I think there's a bit more fishing out further out in the lake these days. Um, not mega distances. Um, I went on, the, when I first went on there, this last time, I was on big baits and I was fishing long hairs and softer at links and stuff. So you fishing on the deck with them? You weren't fishing I was fishing on the deck with them. No, I wasn't fishing pop-ups, but as I was fishing, ended up fishing further and further out in the lake, you know, it's like lead clips. You don't hit the clip, the lead comes on. You know. I ended up fishing. Now I'm fishing completely different. Now I'm fishing helicopter rigs and um, fluorocarbon stiff uh, rigs. Stiff and, limbs, yeah? Different links and Ronnie rigs, yeah. Or just to ensure that you cast them further out there. I'm not getting sort of... tangles, you know. Yeah. It just doesn't tangle. When it catches fish, you know, I've been, you know, in good hookers holds as well, so interesting but still big baits big baits big hooks yeah size four wide gapes what was it I remember it was was it Tong it could have been Tong who did the thinking tackle with that and he was using like double 22 yeah 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 I fished here with Ting Tong I fished Farries with Ting Tong as well and yeah rest in peace poor old boy yeah lovely fella boy mate yeah apart from the clean bivvy You could always wind it up, mate. Oh, mate, you used to have a dustpan and brush down. It was so clean, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bless him. What a bloke. (laughs) Um, But the actual ultimate capture, you said there, realistically, you came back to catch the turtle, yeah? The second time around, yeah. The second time, yeah. 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 The the, the reason why you hadn't caught that first, you just think you were unlucky? Do you think you would have lost it? Yeah, I was unlucky. I don't know. I don't think I ever lost it at the net or anything. I didn't remember seeing it. Was it a 50 pound at the time? No, it's uh, mid forty. I had it at forty-five, twelve. I had it at. Talk to me about that capture. Anything leading up to it? Well, it's it's funny because um, it was a bank holiday weekend, and I had the Monday off, so I could actually do two nights because I worked the Saturday. And there was a old friend of mine, Gary Lambourne, who um, is one of the best anglers I know. Actually, he used to fish our local club water and take it apart. He must be well in his 70s now, Gary. But he used to fish with really old school tackle as well. Um, monkey climbers. Yeah. On his little garden of rod pod and that. But he used to disappear in the winter and then just suddenly come back in a window and bang five fish out. And you'd be like, you know, we've been struggling all winter. And this old boy's come out and... What's going on? Yeah, here? yeah. He's always been a good... In fact, he got me in the BCSG, him and his brother. And um, I'm always thankful for that. He's, he's a sound player. But anyway, he, he was in the syndicate, but he only did days. And um, I caught him on his way back on the Saturday. I was pushing my barrel around the lake. And he said, I said, any good, Gary? He goes, yeah, I've had one. He said, but from that Bramble Bay, he said, but he said, uh, the birds are a nightmare because the water level's down. He said, they're a nightmare. He said, they're worth fishing. He said, they're a complete nightmare, mate. And I said, all right, Gary. So he went on and I pushed my barrel into Bramble Bay. And it was like chocolate soup, mate. It was... Well, they're just feeding. They were fucking having it. Yeah. And I uh, I could see him fizzing up and I thought, oh, dog Gary, you know what I mean? It's not worth fishing, mate. The birds He's are not. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I uh, I said, in them days, I was fishing um, snowman rigs. Right. Pretty basic. It was soft, um, coated braid. and uh, But big 18 mil pop up and a... An 18 mil pop-up. 18 mil pop-up. and a, No, <laughs> sorry. An 18 mil bottom bait and a, tw- and a 15 mil pop-up. Pop and the, yet again, big size four spread of boilers. And I'd found this channel um, in the uh, Bramble Bay between two wee beds. And they used to get into this deep corner, which was called Turtle Corner, funny enough. Um, funny thing was, 
I went in there and did the night and I'd had a, about three fish of the night. And then it got light in the morning and I'd have taken on playing this fish. And lucky enough, Gary, who told me the day before, don't bother, came down the path of his barra and he got caught around the other line and he gave me and then he landed it for me. <laughs> From Mega Lakes? You run a lake, mate. Why, yes. Why and how have you got involved in that dark art? <laughs> um, Simon Bartlett, who runs Denton, uh, let me know that um, Tiffin's Lane had come up for tender, the fishing club that had it before. Um, there was never any parking. You had to park out on the road okay. or, you know, lay-bys and stuff to fish it. So, um, and especially in the 90s and that, cars were always getting broken into and that we were fishing, you know, stereos nicked and all that. So the cu- the club had looked, sort of let it go to rack and ruin and um, it's a beautiful little lake. It's got all islands and snags and bays and everything. And I walked around with one of my mates and I said to him, you imagine this with a load of carp in here? And there, there was already about 15 originals in there. Um, I think there was Scraper Thirties was the biggest one. Right, but is it, how big is it, mate? It's thirteen acres, but it's made up of lots of little bays, and it's very shallow. Lots of gravel bars and features. And um, I used to fish it as a kid as, for the tench. And one side of it's a park, and the other side's private. So we we we've got security on one side, and the other side's a, a council park. We we never have any trouble because it's it's miles from anywhere really. Okay, and. Um, so anyway, we uh, I put a tender in. I, it's funny, really, because I found out afterwards that uh, I put a tender in and I put a big pages and pages about putting nesting boxes up for the owls and for the bats and all the rest of it. And there was only one other bid, and the other bloke went, I'll get you two grand a year. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thorough, mate. That's very professional. But yeah, so we did. A, I did a, um, put a bid in for it and, and won it. And then um, I'd sit down and talk to the council and... Uh, they were pretty good, really, because um, I paid not so much to start with, and then they give me breathing space while I stocked it and did the work down there and all the rest of it. Because it's difficult starting a syndicate when the fish aren't that big. Lucky enough, I had the originals in there, and there was mm. a big common that went on. To, it did eventually go forty-eight pound. Wow! And um, but anyway, was that one of the originals? Yeah, 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 it was a, yeah nice common or white lips. I used to call it, but so. I got the lake, did a load of work with my mate on there, and uh, one of my mates is really, really helpful with tree surgery stuff and all the rest of it. And I had another friend who had a, a fish farm, and he used to get dint and fish and ways and fish and that, so he had a wow. nice selection. And uh, stocked it with some dint and fish to start with. I put about 50 in it. No, about 80 to start with. The biggest fish was £18, but mostly about 8 eight to six yeah. pounds sort of touch. Um, and then second stocking, um, I put another 50 in, which were ways in fish, a few more scalier ones, you know, for these scales and things like that. And it's, it's just gone on from there. I've had it nearly 16 years now. So, uh, What's the what's the realities of because it's it is every carp angler's dream, isn't it, to have your own lake in whatever aspect? Yeah, what's, it what's... comes with its problems. I mean, but, but then last night, I, uh, one of my members sent me, a, while I was at work, sent me a message in the middle of the night, I've broken my PB, and he caught a 44.12. He's absolutely over the moonlight, you yeah, know. And, you know, that's a nice side of it. I mean, for instance, um, the manager of my shop, uh, my, my greengrocer shop, Brandon, Brandon Mills, he's he's mad keen carp angler. He's in his 20s, mad for it. Yeah. And he's been working. He started off working for me as a Saturday boy. 
And, uh, of course I'd give him a bit of tackle and stuff like that. And then he'd want a bit of bait and sell him a bit of bait and stuff like this. And it's great to see it when he, he's, he joined my syndicate and, um, well, it's perks of the job really. But I've seen him catch twenties, thirties, and now I've seen him catch forties. And now he's been on Yaley. He took the cops like apart this winter, caught the biggest one in there and all the out, you know, and I've seen it all progression. I've seen, you know, how they're, um, you know, getting on with it. And it's all been down to my lake. And what's the bad bits, mate? Bad bits, getting fish up to 40 pounds and then finding them dead. (laughs) You know, I've had people say, there's a dead one out by the island. It's not very big. I don't think. And you get out there and as you get it, you look at the scale, you think, fuck it. I know what one that is. You know, and that's a killer, especially when, like, when one of the forties died. It was the first fish that went forty pound. Yeah. So then you got a forty pound in your lake. Then your membership's different. Yeah, you go from, you know, different. When you first start, you have to take anyone you can to pay the rent, really. And um, but now it's um, I've got a waiting list which is closed, and it's also friends of friends. You know, they're already members, so. So it's all vetted. It's like a big yeah, family yeah, on there. Yeah. I mean, I could make a lot more money out of it, to be fair. There's only a 30-man syndicate, but they're all like they're all like mates down there. Everyone knows each other. It's a good little crowd. There's about I think there's about 120 fish in there now. But like 20 odd of them are over 30 pounds now, and there's five forties in there now. And I reckon there'd be another two forties this year. So So they've done well, man. Yeah, they've done really time, well, yeah. They? And it, and the nice thing is They've taken a long time to get there because they don't see loads of bait. It's only a 30-man syndicate. Yeah. It's not, you know, not loads of bait goes throw, flying in there, you know. So it's um, it's good. And it's I've, I've really enjoyed watching them grow, you know. Fish you put in there at £8 and now weighing £45, you know. It's great. But I suppose know? if you've had you've always had quite tight ownership of who's fishing that water and everything else that goes on there, haven't you? So it's very much, as much as it can be, it's very much on, on your terms. It ain't like a day ticket where anyone's turning up and everything else is going on. Yeah, I mean, I had that in the early years of people, you know, reading their rigs and then going, you know, what's going on here, you know, and, and all the rest of it. But, I mean, you know, as, as I said to you earlier, you know, the rules of my place is just be sense, you know, common sense. It's not quite how you put it. Well, it's not quite how I put it, but... <laughs> There's a certain word beginning with C. Don't be. <laughs> yeah. But no, but that seems, that's nice. It seems, it seems good. And as you say, what you've got is the fish going, you get to recognize them. They're obviously growing and you've got a nice membership that's sort of there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're the important thing, the fish stock and you've got, to, you know, as I said to you earlier, you've got to make sure they're protected and all the rest of it. But as I said to you, you know, some people, some place you go, they're so, you can't do this. And you so many rules at the end of the day, we are sticking hooks in them and pulling them out of their own. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. For you, obviously you said that they're very limited rules. Your experience with regards to to things that are normally rule-bound, leaders, barbed and barbless, where do you stand on all that in your own angling? Mate? I've been, I must admit, I've been with the barbless thing. I've been up and down with it myself because um, you catch a fish that's trailing, you know, and you think, oh, you know. But, what I have noticed over the years is those fish get rid of it so quickly. Yeah. So quickly. You, you, you can be playing a fish and it can brush a branch and suddenly you're attached to the branch and not the fish anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when we fish ways in, there's a, um, a place called Bog Bay, which was um, where the bogs were, funny enough, was a big reedy bay. And um, 
the fish used to get in the reeds quite a bit and used to fish across to the reeds. And then um, one year the fish just didn't get in there much and the reeds started dying, which was a bit weird. And then the following year they got in there and I fished in there and I had a fish take me out and I picked the rod up like that. There's about 80 lines going over my line. Jeez. And we're like, what the hell's going on here? No one's even been fishing in this bay for ages. And we got in the reeds and there was a log about six foot long. Yeah. And it had about 100 rigs on it. Those fish were going in those rigs, in the reeds, and that's where they got rid of the rigs. Yeah, just on that log. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people got cut off on wazing. Did they? Well, on the bars? And yeah, stuff. on the bars and the weed and stuff. There used to be yeah. a bit of mussels in there and stuff like that. They used to get cut off. And, and pike and all pike were a nightmare. Because it's shallow in the edge. Oh. You know what I mean? This time of the year, they're a nightmare, aren't they? Go on, I had one the other night. What, straight through your line? Hey, lucky enough, I was fishing with the tapered leaders, so it's like a 40-pound line by the... And it, right. it, was all, it, was, it was all... I had to re-thread it all through and stuff, so... Ooh. Yeah, pain in the arse, but... The, um, and also, I think, if I remember... Well, it could just be my memory, though, but, I mean, when I started fishing, there was certainly a lot more... You heard a lot more about tethered fish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can remember... See... Yeah, you don't know. I just think they know how to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, or a obviously, better at getting off. Yeah, maybe. Things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's probably a big part of it as well. Mm, if they're set up correctly, nobody right. fishes with massive barbs now, do they? They're all micro barbed. Yeah, normally. And um, I just, you know, they just seem to get rid of it really easy. Fair days. I'm going to take you back because we're <coughs> going to talk. We haven't talked about some proper old school chapters. I did a recent podcast with with Nigel Boverway, mate, and he was talking about yeah, yeah. Chantico early days and, and that sort of pioneering angling. A lot of it's with him. That's not a plug to go and listen to, but you need to listen to it if you haven't. <laughs> um, uh, and he was talking in, in reference to trips that you've been on in those early days at Chantico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We what what was the abroad, abroad sort of fascination? Was it the fact that it's new and uncharted and you were keen? All it was, was I was fishing... Um, club water in the in the middle of winter, blanking, sitting there, bored, and one of the anglers come round and said to me, We got a trip booked to Shanticott and someone's dropped out. You'd be interested in going. And these are all old committee members. Right. And uh I was like, What do you mean a trip? And they said, Well Dave Plummer does a trip over there. Would you be interested in going? So I said, Yeah, too right, you know. And so I went straight from the club water, went um that summer we went to Shantycock and it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. i never forget pulling up at the church point yeah. and looking out and thinking, how the fuck are we going to catch any carp in here? You couldn't <laughs> see the far bank. And then you could see fish jumping. And I don't know how far they were out, but they were like little dots on the horizon. What's the biggest lake you fished before this, mate? Um, Probably Sonny and I. And that's is, big enough. Big, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it's... Is it, 12,000 acres. It's massive. Shantycock, and it's 55 miles drive around it. It's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I caught my first 40 pounder from Shantycock. No. Yeah, yeah. On, what, on that first trip. What was it, but from that starting point of thinking, oh my God, to actually fishing it, what was it like? Because obviously gear wise, no one had the right gear. No one had anything no. like what, what it is to properly fish it now sort of thing. How did you go about that? How did you find all that? Well, it's just, it was, um, we used to use um, uh, those rosette boilies, the um, Parbury's rock hard things. They're like stones because, because of the crayfish and all the rest of it. Um, I'm trying to think, we used to tie the leads on because there's no clips of that then. 
with light lines, so they'd snap and break off. Sometimes yeah. you put bricks and stuff on instead of leads. And we used to row the baits out and just go out to areas and drop. We had no echo sounders or anything like that. You used to drop the baits off and then throw a load of maize and boilies over the top and then row back. I mean, we got caught out in some horrendous weather. <laughs> and no engines on the boats, just rowing. <laughs> but one of the nice things that we used to do, we used to go in. Um, June before the the carp spawned, and in in summer, the water levels would be really high. Right. So you'd go into where you where our camp used to be in the autumn and stuff, and there'd be like clearings in the woods, and the carp would come in those areas. Wow. And we used to fish with um, maize. We'd bait some areas up, and then we'd go in in the it was a, a blow up boat with a hard bottom, going row into the tied to a tree, and I'd fish with a Cut down uptide rod, quick silver straight through onto the reel. Gee, one of those um, gorilla hooks, the Berkeley ones that they use for mass ear fishing or whatever, with a bit of foam on the back to balance in it and some maize. And we'd stalk them and hook and hold them. And we, I tell you, mate, we used to see these dolphins coming in because Shanty caught you know, and really found out what no. the biggest fish was in there, you know. No. And then you'd hook and hold them. And uh, you'd sit there. Uptide, you'd sit there in the in the in the little dinghy, and the line would go boop, boop, and there'd be a few bubbles come out, and you see another one come under. But oh. you sit there, for, and all of a sudden the line would pick up like that. Bop. Yeah, forty pounders doing that. Jeez, that is yeah. mega. Yeah, Imagine. it was wicked fights. I mean, I lost a a massive common that jumped out of the water like a salmon and and went between a bow of a tree and cut the forty five pound quicksilver. That is We're both sat in the boat looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been, we've been sat there and um, looked across the lake. And because it's so massive, you look across and I say, Dave, what's going on over there? And it was the Whitecaps. There's a storm coming. And you could see, and he said, I think we better get going. And then we got halfway back and then he caught up with us and we just blew us down the lake. <laughs> Joking, it's mate. Those big waters are dangerous, mate. We we had to tie the boat up and walk back. We were fucking miles away. (laughs) (laughs) Just get absolutely smashed with rain and wind. It's like one minute it's calm and the next minute, and then it come round again. When those storms would come back round, but yeah, it was crazy fishing there. But we had some great fun there. Some great fishing. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, and they were lovely fish as well. They're them big, one of the big, them Royale strain, the big massive gobs and. It's all changed now, isn't it? It's all commons and that. Yeah, now, a lot of yeah. commons, yeah. yeah. Big ones, though. It's 80 pound commons. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. So, yeah, mate. Did you go back? You've been much abroad subsequently, apart from those Sub- days? Um, I've seen a trip with... I've seen some videos <laughs> of a trip with Roy Allen when you went to France. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a little water... I can't even remember what that place was called, actually. Badger Lake, I think it was. But I've done a few trips. Yeah, I went, I've been to Rainbow. Um Rainbow's pretty infant. How'd you find that? Oh, I went I went for two weeks. You're rolling your eyes, mate. This doesn't look good. It was in the winter. It was minus five. <laughs> They'd had storms. So they, we had a massive tree in our swim. We had a fish either side of it. There's trees in every swim, isn't there? Yeah, mate? no, anyway. it'd gone in through the storm and the, and Pascal wouldn't let you take him out because he's waiting for the insurance people to come round. And um, one night we had all spend all time in the in the clubhouse because we weren't allowed to stay out fishing whether it's that bad wow I mean Rob Owls was down there I met Stevie Briggs came on that trip Did you? he's a lovely bloke isn't he he's lovely yeah he was on the bus man. with us and uh, yeah it was um, I think I caught one 40 pounder and a 20 pounder 
That was it. Did I'm you have on... to do the whole rainbow loop round? No, I didn't do that. I didn't fish like that. No. How do you fish that? Well, I fished peg five, so I just fished straight out into the bars. Right. And uh, Casting? No, not casting. Dropping. dropping from the boat, yeah. yeah. My mate had a 51 who was in the swim with me. He had, he had a 51 cast into a bubbler in February. Jeez, you didn't know. I can't remember who was it. I think I was talking to Frank Warwick about zig fishing on there and catching them on zigs. And you just think, like, everybody gets does the rainbow yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody comes in does things non the rainbow way what yeah. would be yeah, yeah it's a big shout but Pete always says to me they're not hard fish to catch you just got to be in the right swim mm. it's a very swimmy lake isn't it it's uh it's a tackle like you had to use though it's all like animal crazy stuff in, in them days I wasn't you know I, was, I think I, I went with uh, 40 pound braid and but yeah. I wasn't you weren't I wasn't toyed up like they are yeah these days and all the rest of it lead core for hook lumps and stuff yeah yeah you know I wasn't yeah. none of that I'd like to go back, but it's just timing it, you know, it's all... I suppose that's it. And it? getting a trip as well is not easy, is it? So oh, Anywhere else take your fancy? I've been to the Iden Lake a couple of times. Yeah. Enjoyed that, yeah. yeah. That was good fun. Caught some nice fish there. I've been to Cassine. Went there once. Have you? Yeah, I went How'd you find that? Because that's another lot of historical sort of place. I loved it. We went in November and um, I didn't catch anything massive. I caught, I think, what was the biggest one I caught? 27, I think. If I'd lost that, I'd have said I'd lost an absolute lump. I went out in the boat to play it, and it, and it I had an old Nash of Morphosis at the time, two yeah. and three quarters, and it was bent double, and I was convinced I was hooked into a monster. 70 pounds. Yeah, yeah. We fished by the bridge, just a bit yeah. of, just, yeah, and that was when you could do nights, and we did did two weeks there in November. I loved it. I'd like to go back there one day. Everyone says, like, everyone who's been there, regardless of, like, the fishing constraints, days only, and all that hard crap, they, everybody says it's like they love the atmosphere. Yeah, it's like just a lovely place. It's a, you know, there's yeah. stray dogs coming down. I was feeding in the day, and um, it was just lovely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's interesting. What about for you when we look at sort of the the future with regards to the European stuff? Is it somewhere where hopefully when you free up a bit more time and take a backward step from the old grocery <laughs> game, which I don't when, think you would. No. <laughs> but if you did, would it be somewhere where you'd spend more time in comparison to your English fishing or not? Not really. Don't, I, I enjoy uh, my English fishing. What do you yeah. think generally out there? Do you think they're easier to catch generally? Um, Abroad? Not really. I think no. a lot of them are under more pressure than they are in this country. You know, when especially these venues where, they, you know, people there 24-7, isn't it? Week in, week out. Yeah, you They don't really get a rest, do they? You know, no, no. I suppose on those on those sort of type of pay late waters, they're. It's I mean, the you know, time. the bigger places like Shantycock and places like that, then it's like big lakes in this country, and it? they're easy to catch, but you got to find them. Mm. You know, yeah. One so, place we haven't talked about, mate, and I wanted to. It's very much at home, and you said at the very start, your you, the sort of target fishing. You talked about the turtle. You talked about the parrot ultimately, but then you also talked about a big common in farriers, mate. And lots of people have come on and talked about farriers and and the fishing on there it being shallow the number of big commons and yeah, the type yeah. of fishing when you were on there in terms of the stock was it as it is now there's a there's quite a lot of big commons in there now. um there were 30 pounders a lot of 30 pounders right, a lot of yeah yeah funny enough it was roy again it was when the recession hit right and i had yeah. i had a let about i don't let quite a few staff go well i let all my staff go it's just me and my brother in the end we just said, we didn't have a shop then. We just had the wholesale. But yeah, that wouldn't have been easy, mate, would it? So it wasn't. So the only time I had to go fishing was a Saturday night. I I would just not long been divorced. So I did have... God, there's a lot going on in your life. Then. Yeah, yeah. So so I had a Saturday night because I, I didn't... 
if I did ever have Saturday nights before when I was married or, you know, with someone, I'd, I'd you know, spend time, fishing, yeah. spend time with them. Um, and I said to Roy, I said to Roy, I'm looking for someone to go. He said, mate, get on Farris, he said. You can get in any swim, he said. Honestly, mate, you can catch them. He said, there's loads of commons everywhere. He said, 30 pound commons. And I had a really lovely time there. We um, caught loads of fish. Um, I, I think the big one I caught was 38 pound or something. I think it was 40 pound at the right time, you know, at the time. And um, I, I, funny enough, I had two 38 pounders the same night. And Roy came and did the photograph of one. It got about five miles down the road, and I phoned him up. I said, I've got another 38. <laughs> Come back here, boy. <laughs> Come back. But, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, I You know, it's it's the strictest lake I've ever fished. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot, yeah, more, yeah. a lot more rules and yeah, commentations yeah, yeah. and stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, I was quite it? surprised with all that. But For you, yeah. the way you caught them on there, because it's quite, it's notorious as being quite spotty in terms of the fishing, isn't it? There's little holes in the weed. There's yeah, little... yeah, that's why, yeah, it was holes in the weed, but the only it was the same thing with the boilies. Yeah, straight in. It's pretty. Yeah. It's, it is you, isn't it? Mm, out and mm. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out and out. Don't mess about. Yeah, it's easy fishing, isn't it? What about bird life? I always think bird life on there must be because it's quite shallow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was shallow. Yeah, it was shallow. How do you um, deal with all that? Anything in particular to sort of stave them bobbing down and smashing your spots? Or no, not, not really. Just put up with them, do you? Tufty torch, nothing like that. I went about in them days. They not. No. God, that's hard work, isn't it? No, the only other, the only thing you used to do was, um, if you spawned, put a spawn out, well, it was a spawn then, it was a spod. Yeah. And leave the braid, or, or um, they used to um, do well the, uh, what's it called, the uh, the rig with the floaters when they're up. What's that? A beach caster? Beach caster. Yeah. And leave the line out so the oh, birds yeah, wouldn't course. go down then. Yeah. What about you and your angling? Surface fishing, zig fishing, where did, does, that, does that come into it? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you just smiled at me. <laughs> I did a bit of floater fishing in the early years, but as I say, seagulls were a fucking nightmare now, weren't they? And <laughs> I just can't be doing with it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really got the patience because, to be honest with you, I, most of my fishing now is straight from work. Yeah, you see. I'm knackered, you know. I want to set the traps and have a couple hours of kip and then... You know, um, imagine if you float a fish through the night, mate. How many you catch? <laughs> Stay awake. <laughs> Get me another coffee. Uh, I know the, people have done that, you know, and done really well. You know, I mean, it, uh, mate, know. the only sometimes it's so yeah, you see people just clock off, don't you? Know, I mean, it's things. like the zig fishing, as you said. You know, it's, it's an effective method, and people catch. You know, but the other thing is, I'm fishing. Venues where, well, like the latest venue, there's a 65-pound mirror in there at Wingham. I ain't sick fishing that lake. I'm not playing a 65-pound mirror on a size 10 hook and a... bit of 10-pound mono. And a bit of 10, nah. No. Whoa, no what's wrong with you, man? And that's right. I mean, they never tried it on... Um, Wazing. On Wazing, because... Nah, I think... Well, yeah, you have to make a call, don't you? I think, obviously... A lot of lakes I fish are weedy as well, and, yeah. uh, you know... Yeah, I know yeah. Simon lets them on... On um, Dinton, Dunny, to a certain time. Seem to do well on Dinton at a certain time. I they? think they've wised up to it though quickly because mm. they foul hook a lot of them now, don't they? So it's another thing they're not great about. Horses for courses, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know it's a trick and uh, should be probably used at times when I'm sat and catching nothing. But I quite like it in a way. Like generally, from talking through all these chaps, there's some incredible fish caught, and this is only scratching the surface of the stuff that you, you're doing and continue to do, and you talked about Wingham and, and, and sort of where your angling is going forward, but it's quite unwavering 
I love the fact that it's quite like, all right, there's been a change in rigs and you've adopted that. But in terms of the the sort of big boily spread approach, that's been consistent from this the get-go. And it doesn't really seem that you, you're bothered or think about it. You go on and you do the Dino way and it works, <laughs> no? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it works everywhere, doesn't it? I don't know, mate, because I yeah. don't do I it. I mean, I, to be fair, I haven't fished, well, I have fished um, Lynchill, but years ago, and I did a couple of days in the winter, but I've never fished really, I suppose Farrow's was a lot of spawning and stuff. And that yeah. One. But, you know, we just caught on board. Roy was the same. Roy caught, I think Roy caught 30 30s one winter. I think he told me about a time where he had a bite and, and one of them kited to another angler's swim, and another angler like pike striked his lines or something, <laughs> and managed to keep, he managed to keep it on or something. He said, "Roy used to um, oh my god do the winter, and he'd found these fish in a wee bed, and he'd do one night after work, and then the next day he'd have off. So and then the next night he'd go to work. He was a postman at the time, and um, so he'd pack up. He'd start reading about four o'clock in the morning." And get changed at the lake because he was where he found the fish was in the car park swim. Right. And he said, the amount of fish that I landed dressed as a postman <laughs> and got wet feet in his shoes. Incredible. <laughs> Just as he was about to leave. And yeah, I think he had one winter, he had 30 30s out there. Jeez. Yeah. He's some boy, isn't he? Mm. Well, actually, both are, mate. There's some incredible fish here, man. I look back at it. I still, to this very single day, can as etched in my mind is that photo of you with a parrot. And I know we've talked about it and I know it, you've probably sick to death about talking about it, but no, you can keep talking about it if you want. No, it is, <laughs> isn't it? I think in my time that was really significant. I think it was not, not necessarily the fact that it was just a record, but the fact that it was at that time in where everything really had sort of escalated in the industry. And there was a lot more sort of mm. know, mainstream coverage of everything. What yeah. Was, yeah. It was the same. My phone went mental. It was like crazy. I was on talk sport. <laughs> Talks ball. Yeah, and Nigel in- interviewed me. Yeah. I went there, put some boilies out, <laughs> caught Megan. <laughs> He's a lovely bloke, actually, He's isn't he? He's a legend, man. Yeah. He's an absolute yeah. legend. But it, yeah. like, the fact that you were on the trip back there was just like, I was like, no way. It's, it's funny how, like, there's a circle of like-minded people. You've referenced really good people throughout the course of this whole podcast and really good anglers that you sort of mixed with. And I think there's a lot of truth in the fact that, like, good people, but also really good ability people sort of graduate towards well, each other. Well, they? I mean, that's what I really like about, especially fishing new waters. Whenever you go to a new venue, if you do a bit of time there, you normally come away with, you get on with everybody there, but I normally come away with two or three really good mates that mm. are mates for the rest of your life. I've made so many friends through carp fishing that, you know, from different lakes in the country and that, that, you know, still text you and, Send your dirty jokes and all the rest of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. You know that are um, you know, that's you know, I just, I'll be forever grateful for carp fishing because it's my switch off. Yeah, you know, I've hectic time at work, and um, yeah. <clears throat> it's a bit stressful. I made a few cock ups this morning, <laughs> rushing to get here. Oh, sorry, mate. Missing stuff done? of orders and that. It's all your fault. I had to go there done? twice. I See, I expected, if I'm honest, mate, a big sort of fruit and veg platter. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing here. <laughs> so times are hard. <laughs> no, I'm joking, mate. It's um, No, mate, it's been really good to speak to you, mate. As I said, like, I think of all the sort of, um, yeah, podcasts I've done, you've definitely been referenced in a lot of them. There's a lot of sort of similar people that have fished similar waters. And yeah, it's brilliant to hear the stories firsthand, mate. The future moving forward, you talked there about Wingham. Yeah, I've got a spring ticket with Wingham, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And um, 
I'll probably be back on sunning off his sunning last year for a bit. I could tell you what I caught, but I'd have to kill you. Well, no, that's a that's a no go area, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a no go area. <laughs> we escorted. <out> <laughs> Um, and I haven't even done a lot of my, my lake, you know, it's funny when I go and fish my lake, I've done a little bit in the past and that, but it's, you always looking around thinking I could do that tree coming out. I could do this, do it. it. Yeah. So, but now they, they, you know, they're up to big mid forties now, you know, it's maybe it's time. I mean, the big one go 50 this year, so. I'll get out of bed if it's 50, you know what I mean? That's where you're at to now, aren't you? 60s and 50s only, mate. No, but Dean, thank you very much for your time, mate. Before I let you go about your day and the vegetable crisis of 2023, (laughs) um, I've got some quick-fire questions for you, mate. You ain't seen these, so I might need to edit them, depending on the answer. Um, (laughs) One angler to catch carp to save your life, who would it be? Tricky one. I'm going to offend someone, isn't I? Exactly. Pete Regan. Pete Regan. Yeah. He supplies your bait. Well done. You've got a 10 P discount. You know, it's kilo. <laughs> uh, favourite carp, favourite era, and favourite venue. They don't all have to correspond. Hmm. Probably the Black Mirror. Hmm. And the favourite era probably been early 90s, I think. Same venue. Would it be on the mirror? Your favourite venue? Or is there a different venue? Uh, favourite venue would probably be, I really enjoyed my time on a match lake at Yateley, actually. That's a beautiful venue. You haven't talked about that. I know I haven't. No, sorry. Kept them quiet, the Yateley years. Well, there's not not loads of it, you know. I'll just come back for part two. <laughs> just a Yateley chapter. I'll get Roy in as well. He might do it with you. Yeah. There you go. Um, three <laughs> celebrities you'd take fish in? Um, Mickey Flanagan. Ricky Gervais. Of course, he's comedian heavy. Oh, I love both those blokes. They're hilarious, aren't they? And who else would I take? Um, don't know. My old man, I think. Oh, lovely. I like that. Uh, drum and bass or country and western? Don't like either of them. you got to pick one. That's the whole point, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably country and western then, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's a bit of Dolly. Yeah. I could see yeah. you listening to a bit of Dolly Gone. <laughs> um... Here we go. Would you rather have somebody put your rigs out for you or bait up for you? Oh, I'd rather have them bait up for me, I think. Would you? Yeah, yeah. you're baiting. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's easy, isn't it? Close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Shut out there, boy. Put your rigs out. I don't count, do they? Basically fishing singles, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, what's your idea of carp fishing hell? Busy. Busy waters, really. And litter. I hate litter. Oh, yeah. That's my bugbear. Fair dues. Um, only fish for wrong'uns for the rest of your life or never fish again? What, for carp or yeah. anything? No, anything. This is You can only fish for wrong'un carp or you never fish I'm not going to be so pretentious to say I'm not going to fish for wrong'uns if I can't go fishing again. So What's I'd f- find the right wrong'uns. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Let's not go down the debate of when you're right. It was right. <laughs> Final question, mate. Night out on the bank or a night in with the missus? Well, it depends, isn't it, really? Well, she's not in, so... She's not in, so it's night down the lake. And <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> Good angle. Dean, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys for watching and listening. I'll be back soon with the podcast. Until then, Dino, you're a star, mate. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you.